fucking Jimmy Chamberlain. But right. I mean, you know, to be fair, Jimmy and Billy were really the ones who were writing 90% of the music in the first place. But yeah, for sure. Not everything. And that's a that's a it's a misconception that Billy wrote literally everything because he didn't he didn't write everything. I did. Is it true that he went back and he didn't like the drumming and on all of Siamese dreams. So he went back and re-recorded all himself drumming, not the drums, not the drums. Oh, um, that was the only thing that he didn't re-record. No, he re-recorded almost everything for Siamese dream, uh, that James D. and Darcy played. Wow. Because, uh, and supposedly it was specifically Darcy that he did the majority of the re-recording for. Um, but he told everyone that it was also James so he wouldn't hurt Darcy's feelings <laughs> but she knew <laughs> you know like uh, fucking band yeah. politics man <laughs> seriously seriously I mean uh, I saw the Smashing Pumpkins when they reformed in 2018 and it was legitimately one of the most incredible shows I've ever seen in my entire life yeah um, I wish I had money back then or or just i mean i didn't have card. money yeah, I, I wish i was stupid en- yeah i wish i was crazy enough to throw it all on a credit card or maybe i didn't well and you know it. what day it was huh the 26th of uh, august isn't that your birthday no wait your birthday is two days before my birthday but right sure and it's also three days after yours uh. <laughs> yeah four days uh, whatever four days yeah 22nd not 22nd, 22nd yeah um but yeah yeah that'd be a fun one if i could Uh, could go back that would probably be one of the big they'll be doing they're they're about to do a massive re-release of machina 2 and machina 1 together Mm -hmm. um and so they're probably going to tour in support of that and he's also said that they're doing a uh a follow-up album to Melancholy and hmm. um, Machina. So <laughs> Melancholy and that totes infinite sadness. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, the, the concept albums effectively. Yeah. So they're going to be touring a bunch. In fact, they were supposed to be touring right now, but, but COVID, you know, <laughs> I wonder There's when a certain thing that's preventing that that's going to be interesting when people will feel it's safe enough and socially acceptable enough to start doing like major concerts again yeah and I know uh, there's like some stand-ups who are people are already doing it bucket and yeah some people are already doing it in certain places like Portland has one of the lowest rates of the virus and the country mm-hmm. um and people people f- were for a while wa- uh, prior to like about a, two months ago were people were playing shows here in oregon mind you i wasn't going to go but um <laughs> there were people who were you know think who were holding small shows it is now illegal to do that but mm. um you know i mean they're still doing them in texas Dave Chappelle caught it from a show that he did in Texas. Oh shit, really? Yeah. So, 
<laughs> I just, I, I really, I've been out a couple times, literally, like, well, okay, maybe not. A, I've been out to, I've been out recreationally in public, like, maybe five times since the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single time I have a, I'm not enjoying myself really. I'm because I feel so guilty about doing it. Uh, Mind you, I'm taking a lot of precautions that most people aren't in, in that I'm wearing a mask 95% of the time, even when I'm like, even if I'm with somebody or one other person yeah. and that's it as I've only gone and hung out with like one or up to three people. Um, and each time I do it, I feel really guilty, but monster, you're part of the problem. <laughs> the last but time, Portland, the last time I saw somebody that wasn't a delivery driver was in November. Before that yeah. was May. Wow. Can you can you guess when the last time I f- I put gas in my car was? <laughs> Dude, you got to start your engine. When you I have, no, no, I, I do. I I, okay. I go. Get, <laughs> your battery's gonna die. <laughs> I go get fast food every two weeks just to make sure to okay. run the car for fifteen minutes. But can you guess when the last time I put gas in my car was? When you went to the office to pick up your work from home computer. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. That was that was March of last year. Holy uh, shit! <laughs> it's amazing. God damn! I don't really have that option because, like, uh, I had a girlfriend. I had a girlfriend, and I live with my sister now. So, like, I see people pretty frequently, and also. Portland is not Southern California in terms of the virus. Um, like, yeah, I, I was. We have even we have the least infection. We have the smallest infection rate of any state in the country. Wow. Yeah, and we have the most just in Southern California. Oh, <laughs> even uh, if you exclude the rest of the state, we're still number one. Yeah, uh, Los Angeles. A couple Sundays ago, had to lift the restrictions on air pollution. Just so the crematoriums could be allowed Dude, to continue that. That fucking, cremating the brutal. amount of bodies that, that is are stacking brutal. up. Yeah. That's so fucked up. That's fucking... That is that is literally nightmarish. I yeah, mean, that's, that is that's literally, literally just so nightmarish. That's disaster movie nightmarish. Oh my god. Uh, you know, I'm feeling a little feisty tonight. We have margarita mix left in the fridge I, uh, oh damn i'll be right back yeah, is that that right trader now. joe's shit no it's uh I just don't the remember. basic basic you ever, bitch you ever, jose cuervo stuff yeah, do you guys know what i'm talking about the the like the trader joe's mix in a bottle that you get from tj's i don't shop at trader joe's much there's only like one near here and it's like a 30 minute drive they have surprisingly good deals on beer and wine and stuff um, they're not bad yeah like uh they have this it's um i can't remember it's it's a pill is it a pilsner or is it a lager it's a lager that's 6.7 percent and nice. it's th- 3.99 for a six pack and it's actually not bad tasting it's like that's, legitimately a good beer and it's 3.99 for a six pack highly recommended uh, it's called simple, simple times, simpler times, simple times, something like that. Nice. Hey, Meg. Hi. So, so Meg. tell us about your Stardew Valley adventures. 
Well, I just hit winter year one after maybe three days of playing. (laughs) (laughs) And I've almost, I've got girlfriends now. So I'm working on winter year one. Who'd you choose? Abigail. Of course. She is number one best waifu. Yeah. Well, I hear she takes care of your animals and shit. So I figured that would be nice to to have. So yeah, I'm just working away and it's it's such like a grind, you know. And I love how mindless it is. So Yeah. Which farm did you choose? I chose the monster farm, of course. <laughs> That's actually one of the newer ones that was just released in the last uh two or three patches yeah i was like monster farm i haven't i haven't ever i haven't heard of no monster farm i heard that Mind you, I, I haven't i haven't picked up stardew valley on my switch since i think 2018 oh yeah probably. they've they've had like two or three major big patches since yeah dude since that then. dude and, and isn't it just him or, or it's just like a three- single dude but he did sell the rights to the um the console development to uh another developer so oh the, he so does have so the Switch version, um, I think the Switch version... So he version develops and, the content, and then other people port it to the various platforms. Yes, exactly. Okay, so the sense. Switch version is done by a different company. That's why the Because I was going to say, like, like a, how can the fuck can he do all those different editions at the same time? Yeah, yeah I don't know. The answer is, he doesn't. Yeah, I don't know what any major differences are with the different farms. I think it's mostly just the layout, and, like, one, you get more foraging opportunity another one is more fishing opportunity this one i hear it's really no different because monsters appear on all of the farms no oh no they don't no just this one so this one the monster farm has the monsters at night where the other other farms do not have monsters at all gotcha and honestly they're not that big of a deal so i don't i don't mind Uh, they're they're literally they're just to farm the monster mats yeah, and now that it's winter and I can't grow anything, I think I'm going to start trying to plan out how I want my farm to look because I'm starting to get into that building phase. I've already built a chicken coop and I'm working my way on up. So I what, need to... uh, what level are your tools? What uh, material are your tools at right now? Um, I just started on silver, I think. Okay. Or iron. Uh, you mean iron? Iron. Yeah, iron? iron. Okay. Yeah. So make sure, uh, make sure you get your, uh, your, uh, watering can up as high as you can get it, either iron or, uh, gold or even iridium if you can. Um, you always want to do that during the winter because there's no planting. So the best time to do your hoe and your, uh, your watering can is during the winter. Yeah. Best time to do your hoeing is during the winter. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you got to keep warm somehow. Yeah. And I just reached level. (laughs) Yeah. I just reached level 40 in the mines. So I can finally start actually mining the iron that I need. Nice. Yeah. So that'll come quick. Um, Pro tip um, make bombs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I started doing that. I've been um, mining in the mine bombs and candles because the, the coal i noticed it, those dark kirkland spots signature. get difficult kirkland signature it's actually hard funny enough it's probably the best uh hard seltzer i've had in terms of all around diet mountain dew diet mountain dew wow <laughs> true gamer todd you need funyuns to go with that that's what i call true a real gamer move Mm-hmm. Now they have flaming Funyuns, which are fucking delicious. Oh yeah, those are my favorite. 
Oh my God. Oh. Don't tell me about that. Oh, don't so, tell me about some, that. Some kid in my art class. That's not, that's not information that I can have. So you can, <laughs> so you can have super sexy onion breath and a butthole on fire. <laughs> some kid Pro, in my art the, class was eating them for a break and I saw it and I was like, Oh my God, I got to try that. And that was like the worst decision I ever made because <laughs> I fucking love them. They're so good. She had the Requiem for a dream montage, the yeah. dilating pupils. And <laughs> I'm going to be on TV. I just have to find out when yeah, I'm going to um, be on the show. The pro I, gamer I, move with that is take the bag of, of hot Funyuns and then get a bag of the jalapeno cheddar Cheetos oh, and mix them. Fuck. There you oh, go. Damn it, have y'all have y'all watched um, *Fear the Walking Dead*? No, I still haven't. I, I we had this discussion. I, I watched the first season, like when it first came out, and then just didn't. Well, since they're doing the whole like um, fucking zombie MCU shit now, I feel like I like I put it off for a really long time just because. It, it seemed like a really cynical cash-in, um, but, and it sort of is, but it's not bad. It's actually pretty good, but it is wildly different in tone than The Walking Dead. Um, it's like a family drama. It's like, yeah. you don't even see like more than one zombie until the last episode or until like the th- second to last episode of this of season one yeah um, yeah i remember they they were like kind of like walled off from it or something but then it goes the exact by season two people are like wearing just wearing zombie blood and like there's like a a mexican religious cult that doesn't believe the zombies are dead oh, wow. and so it goes from like because you know in The Walking Dead originally, it took a while for it to get weird and crazy, you know, like until people, until they effectively were like superheroes. Yeah. Uh, and that is a good comparison between like Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead is Fear the Walking Dead is just like normal people. And then Walking Dead, they're like, what if, you know, Captain America was uh, fighting zombies um, <laughs> and he was racist? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um anyways, I, I'm enjoying it right now. I'm like halfway through the second season, and um I've heard that the second season is one of the poorest seasons. Um, yeah. That's I, I mean that's when I stopped watching too. I've heard season three and season four are really, really good, and actually season five is really good too, so I'm looking forward to it. Um yeah. I just like I'm sort of dreading because I'm trying to catch up to season and I've actually technically watched season six, seven and eight, mm. but I want to watch them again, but I sort of don't want to watch them again. If you know what I mean, <laughs> because oh. the whole Negan war arc is like so emotionally just exhausting. Yeah. I, I am probably one of the biggest defenders of this show. I mean, teach their own. Like, I no, I love the walking dead. It's literally, yeah. literally one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. And um, I think we've had this talk where, you know, I'm very, very, I'm more forgiving of shows and just like, once I'm invested with the characters, I'm like, well, I'm going to watch for, you know, until this runs off a cliff. Uh, but even I can agree that the, the savior storyline went off like, like a season too long. <laughs> um, I don't but, even think that it's too long. It's just that, at times the dark it gets grim dark in a way that is like 
yeah it's not even fun to watch anymore it's it's like it I, I think i might actually be getting ptsd from watching it and i'm not even joking i'm i'm like being serious <laughs> yeah glenn was really rough and of course that was you know issue 100 of the comics um yeah and then carl i actually told myself initially that I would stop watching the show when they killed Glenn because I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, but I, but I didn't. But I almost did. Yeah, um, Carl felt completely unnecessary. Um, that was total and utter bullshit. I don't understand why the fuck they did it. I'm guessing it had to do with money. Um, it was money and a conflict between uh, Chandler, Chandler Riggs, Riggs and, and uh, I think Scott Gimple. That's a shame. Well, fuck Scott Gimple for first off. But um, all I've heard is that he's just a fucking nightmare to work with. Um, yeah. Oh, well. Anyway. Well, welcome to Getting Off Topic, everybody. <laughs> welcome. Oh, wait. Uh, have we been recording this whole time? Uh, always. I, every time. Okay. Yeah. Aaron just always assumes. <laughs> I, just, I forget. Yeah, well, okay. So we just talked about... I mean, Walking Dead is within our purview. So I guess no, yeah. I, I, I tend to, um, like, when we first get to chatting, I usually, like, hit the record button, like, just in case we land on something, like, decent conversation and not just, like, sitting here with our thumbs up our asses. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was some good stuff in there. Some good yeah. Stardew Valley talk. and Yeah, Stardew Valley, for sure. So, that, so I... Oh, sorry. So since we've started the podcast, uh, I think we... Uh, since we've officially started the podcast, we should start with an update to a story that we uh, talked about last week. Um, it's in my range, the gaming news. So RIP uh, Fallout Frontier. Oh, from yeah. From 2021 oh, shit. to 2021. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. This whole story is <laughs> ridiculous. Donkulous. Okay, so like, I don't I don't know what's going on. Uh, okay, so let's start off with, with Midi Morn. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus. So let's start off with Meg. Start uh, uh Fallout Frontier is a big, huge mod for Fallout 3 New Vegas or Fallout New Vegas. Okay. It's a complete game expansion that's bigger than the original game itself. Yeah, it's basically Fallout. So, to re it basically redoes the entire game so it's like fallout portland oh shit yeah it's it's yeah. a new fallout basically yeah okay. um and so already cars, before it's like a bunch of stuff so. before any of the 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 new drama starts the 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 mod is released and already there's problematic content in the mod like some of the storyline writing is problematic there's issue with a barely legal sex slave. Oh, there's dr uh, there's a death claw rape scene. What? How did this even get passed? There's like it's there's a, mod, like a sexy lizard girl. Yeah, there's there's oh, yes, yeah, okay. there's sexy lizard people in there. There's there's all kinds of like problematic content oh already. God. Like so, they did some great things with the scripting and the 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 new features they did. But the storyline writing team was weird and out there. And the sexy, then, lizard, the sexy lizard well, people heard, is acceptable. I'm sure Kirk, like, you know, well, I've heard dick that out some at, of the like, writing. I've heard that some of the writing, especially uh, the non main storyline, the, the not NCR storyline, um, is good. Like, I've heard that the, the, the two smaller campaigns, are much, much better in quality in terms of the writing. Okay. 
but nobody will ever see that now because the mod is officially dead because one of the minor artists, uh, but he his work is spread throughout the entire game, uh, so, was found to so have... So he was a minor? He was a minor when he started working on it? No, he's like one of the lesser, smaller artists. He didn't oh, do. Oh, okay. He didn't do the major work. Uh, speaking of minor, had some uh, drawn artistic porn of uh, pedophilic content oh, on his uh, alternate deviant art page. Ugh. Oh, jeez. So half of the dev team quit like immediately when that came out. They unlisted the mod from everywhere that it was listed at. And then uh, just a couple of days ago, the lead dev, the guy that's been the driving force behind this whole thing, has said, I'm done. Wow. Yeah. So it uh, may never even get a Steam release. How long were they working on that? Seven, Seven years? years. Wow. Seven fucking years. <laughs> And it was out in the public for all of about a week to two weeks. So, okay. Uh, remember I was talking about ground control last week? Ground control is like the really impressive multi-floor uh, multi arcade and bar here in Portland yes. that you have right. to visit. Yeah. So um, a couple of the devs have worked at ground control for years, literally almost since it started. Um, they are none of the people in question. Um, but, uh, like I've talked to, to a couple of these people, um, tangentially about the mod. And, um, originally when the mod was got its, um, like it's coming soon release teaser thing, which was like, I think three or four years ago, mm -hmm. um, it was actually hosted on ground controls website. Um, and uh, it's really, really <laughs> disappointing to hear this because, like, a couple of these dudes are, I, I'm not going to say they're friends of mine, but they're acquaintances. And it's just, it sucks. <laughs> it really fucking yeah. sucks. Work that you've been doing for seven fucking years, yeah. just down the drain because one degenerate douchebag. I mean, so is is there any possibility that they could remove the questionable content from the game well he, like he did multiple pieces of art spread throughout the entire game like he did scene pieces he did uh weapon models a uh, couple of characters yeah but i mean you could replace those with other weapon models or, yeah you can you know, replace hire another artist to do them it's yeah. just time consuming and they've already well, yeah. said that Hey, th this whole project is tainted because of his involvement. So it's it essentially seems, DOA. It seems like it's doable to, um, you know, do that, scrap everything that that guy touched, and uh, or at least the questionable content that. He well, touched, okay. So him. one thing I want to ask though is that, like, when you're making models, so is he a modeler or is he a scripter? Because the people that were writing the scripts for this stuff they're not necessarily the the no, modelers because he's I mean, just he's just an artist he's not a he's not a script writer so where did that other questionable content come from 
Right. Yeah, that came from the the art of the the writing team. That that was not so, him. He's not the this, only problematic. This is, yeah. So this is a much more complicated situation than just one dude. Yeah. So the the backlash also, the backlash is for the whole thing in general, but the majority of it is from okay. this one dude. Mm. So the que- the the questionable writing and problematic scenes, while they're bad, they weren't enough to get it canceled it was this dude is like the final nail in the in the coffin yeah and you can't really disassociate that already you know skirting the line content and then combine with the notion with the idea of oh this dude this scumbag was a part of it as well it's yeah it's like just burn it all nuke it all from orbit you know Ugh. all right r.i.p fallout portland <laughs> yep jesus so, no no new fallout content until uh fallout 5 or new vegas 2 comes out well that'll be Which... fine because uh as uh uh since we're talking about gaming um i mean meg's been all up in stardew valley last couple days um i've been looking at my steam list to see what little mini like pixel art games or whatever won't make my current laptop explode uh, but in the meantime, I shared with you guys in chat uh, earlier in the week that I went whole hog and said, screw it, and uh, pre-ordered MSI's premier new laptop, <laughs> uh, the GE76, which is the 17-inch version of their GE66, which is like their top gaming laptop, uh, has the RTX 3080 in it. Um, Mobile edition. Yeah. But uh, either way, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have some fun times with that <laughs> for 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 some time to come. When's the delivery date? Uh, it, it's on pre-order. It hasn't even released until the fifth. So oh, okay, so you got you got at least another week and a half to two weeks to wait. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you'll that... be you'll be able to play pretty much anything for the next three to four years on that. Yeah, yeah. maybe not four, but three definitely. Watch, I get it. I get it. I open it up. I, I get it all loaded up, and I just play a bunch of point-and-click adventure games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, that's that's like every everybody that builds a computer now. Like you, you custom build your rig, and the first thing you fucking load, Minecraft. Yeah. I mean, every every like five to ten Ski years. Free. I, Thank you very much. <laughs> every five to ten years, I got to go back and play Day of the Tentacle. I just, I, I have to. What about Yoda stories? Oh I never, God, I never played Yoda stories. Oh, Yoda Stories is glorious. It was good. Yeah. I need... I need I, my, uh, well, my actually, so build. it's actually a, a pseudo-sequel to uh, Indiana Jones Stories. Mm. All right. Yeah. My my new rig play game is uh, Sims Sims 3 for some reason. Every time I update my rig, every time I, I, uh, I build a new one, I have to load that game because it's so poorly optimized that if you can get good frames and good load times out of that, then you can run anything. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm kind of stupidly excited. I wish it would have arrived like while I'm still on my two week vacation, but of course I'm going back on the third and the laptop comes out on the fifth. So (laughs) Oh, well, I'll have play- Meg will be probably still playing Stardew many nights after I get off of work. So I'll probably be on the new laptop playing uh, like Doom Eternal or something. 
There's a half a billion pixel games on Steam that you can play right now, though. Yeah, yeah. So, so last night I uh, loaded up Axiom Verge, which I I had been uh, meaning to. I had that game my, is fantastic. Yeah, I had my library for a while, and I started uh, just barely started it last night. Although I'm kind of, it, it's it's pretty good so far, but I'm like, uh, I it, it takes a while to get started. Yeah, honestly. I just finished Metroid Two uh, remake on 3DS. So I just finished the real Metroid and now I'm playing a Metroid knockoff, <laughs> but I mean a really good Metroid knockoff. I'm not going to shit on it. You try it. <laughs> Have you um, tried the Metroid two PC remake? PC. The one that's only, yeah. So it's like a fan version of the Game Boy version. Oh, Metroid I, two. I vaguely remember that, but no, I haven't seen it. I, I, I just got the official one, Samus Returns on 3DS. But I do recall vaguely that uh, hearing about that, the fan one. That one's good. It came out. It came out like a about a year and a half before the Samus Returns one did. Yeah. Like maybe two years. Yeah, Have when, you played uh, uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night? No. That's a uh, like a Castlevania, uh, Metroidvania type game. Okay. Yeah, it's by the same creator who did all the those um, uh, fancy Castlevania games, the okay. ones, and he's the same um, uh, art director who uh, the woman I can't remember her name who made all the art for Castlevania something. Mm. I, not the thing. Okay. I picked up this today actually. Um, it's the Razor Kishi. Huh. Uh, so it's, um, it transforms from this tiny little guy into it's just a razor controller or what? Well, so you put your smartphone in it and oh. it turns your smartphone into like a full, a switch into a switch <laughs> into a game rad. <laughs> yeah so and i and i i got it because i'm about to get a new phone and um i do a lot of uh my pc is downstairs but sometimes when i'm watching my nephew i want to play games upstairs while he's just you know pattern around the up the house down. oh gosh so it looks like this um that's red and it can fit uh pretty much any phone up to 6.9 uh inches in diameter damn um so yeah it's pretty cool pretty rad it's a, a switch for your phone and it just packs up and you can just pop it into your backpack yeah. did you hear um i mean not that it matters because we can get it literally anywhere but apparently it's uh rumored that uh kotor one and two are going to get ported to the current just you know i'm actually i heard that and it seems actually pretty surprising to me that a studio that is not Bioware is going to get a KOTOR game. Yeah. Well, Mind was, you, there, it's two parts of this. There was one about supposedly a new KOTOR game in development, um, but also ported versions of one and two out on the current gen consoles as well. Well, Obsidian did ported. too, so um, it's not out there that another studio is going to do it. Well, if anybody did it, I mean... By, or Obsidian would be the best studio to do it. And now that they're owned by Microsoft. Um, I think Obsidian actually might be busy with something else. There's rumors uh, that they have a sequel. Well, Obsidian in... has a couple studios within Obsidian. Yeah. Got, I think they've got three studios. Um, 
So I wonder if they did uh, New Knights of the Old Republic, would it be a remake or reimagining or a continuation? At this point, probably. So I read I read something in um, a, a Reddit forum a couple of months ago, and it was by a game dev who worked in the industry. And he said that these remakes, they always preface and they're always used as a market test for a new franchise. Mm-hmm. And if you look at that, it's actually almost entirely spot on. Like, look at the Crash remake led to Crash Four. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Tony Hawk developers, they're definitely going to give us a new Tony Hawk game. I, I I can't imagine that they wouldn't. You know, I think they're actually busy on something else. I just really? remember seeing them getting a. Is that it? It was actually a big news. What was what's the name of their studio? um tony hawk guys yeah yeah oh god it's called like it's something with a p mm-hmm. um petroglyph oh. or no no was... vicarious visions vicarious, vicarious visions. visions that's right so there was news v instead of p <laughs> let's see what was the game that they were supposed to oh so they're doing the diablo 2 remake oh interesting yeah okay <laughs> Because they're Activision, yeah. Yeah, they got merged into Blizzard. Hmm. All right. That's about all I have. Oh, to go go back to that for a second, though, Tony, Hmm. would it be a remake or a reimagining? Right. I mean, probably both, right? I think... Um, Look at. I think yeah. what you have to look at is the the Final Fantasy remake, the Final Fantasy VII remake. Another that one. game is completely different than the original Final Fantasy VII. Other than the story and the dialogue, the dialogue is pretty much beat for beat. But the way the game plays, the way the game looks, obviously because it's modern visuals, is a completely different game. Yeah. Like it's it's nothing to do with the original Final Fantasy VII gameplay, so I think that's what you have to expect when you you talk about remaking old RPGs. Yeah, just get especially it. for for such a beloved game like Kotor, like people are really precious about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, I don't think it's uh, and I might like this is this is close to you know blasphemy as anything could be kotor is good it's really really good but those those bioware systems are so well worn at this point oh that they're completely dated they're oh, yeah. so dated and the game design logic behind it was i mean they were literally they literally just take took the exact same game design philosophies that they did that they had on um like icewind dale and and those era of games um well, it's built off uh, that same Gate. engine. Yeah, it's, Baldur's it's, Gate. Like, it's essentially and, a Star Wars D and D game. Yeah. yeah, and they were still using like almost literal dice rolls for the computation. You know, oh, they were. <laughs> it, 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 it's not almost literal. It it was. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think if uh, I think if you plug in some uh, some developer codes, you can actually see like the D numbers well, pop up above them when you take a hit it's not just that it's like if you if you look at the skills the skills in your skill tree it tells you the d rolls that you get for those skills yeah. so it's literally using dice rolls it's it's D star wars version so 
Um, while we're well, last thing about Bioware, real quick. I saw something very interesting, literally about two hours ago. Okay. Um, it was a tweet from a Mass Effect developer that said, um, "You, we only have a week until the full trailer drops for Mass Effect Legendary Edition." Ah. Uh... So next week, we're getting a trailer. I was actually, uh, I was that's... really concerned. I, I was like. It, we got like a month and a half left until the game releases. Uh, we haven't seen any gameplay footage at all. Is that uh, exclusive to any game store? Or is it going to be a Steam release? Um, I think it's. I don't think there's any. Oh, you mean the trailer? No, no, the game. Is it? Or is it console? I don't only? think there's. No, it's for PC. I think it's a multi-plat. Yeah. Okay. Except for you know Switch. I'm definitely going to play the shit out of that off of the new laptop. <laughs> and so in the same tweet, he also said a lot of, a lot of work has been done on one. Mm. Oh, right. and, and not just, and not just, not just uh, graphics, but uh, systems and gameplay. He even said, nice. And this was directly from a developer. So I, I'm guessing we're going to get a lot of uh, adjustment to the shooting mechanics, mm. um, the loot system. Um, I personally actually didn't, I know there are some people who love the loot system in in one. I am not one of those people. Wait, are you referring to like actually loot picking up the uh, inventory from people, or like the mining system thing? Uh, no, like the uh, like how you you're the way you deal with your gear. Yeah, it, it's much more like a cla like like a classic RPG, like right. Baldur's Gate, with a you know, then. You know, just like a weapon wheel. Uh, it's been a while since I played the trilogy. Uh, I installed the four. I installed the four K mod. Um, the I can't remember the Mass Effect re remastered upgrade project or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> a couple of years ago, and it looks. I mean, the funny thing about this is that. You can play a 4K version of Mass Effect on your PC that looks incredible already, because fans have been have been modding it. Like it, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is, I think, something that the fans have been wanting for a long time. Mainly because there is a there are a lot of quality of life issues from the first, specifically the first two games. The first game, that, um, and absolutely the first game that people have been like sort of begging with like like you have to use a controller which i think is actually the best way to play the game mm. um on pc you have to install a mod there is no controller support for the first game i don't even think there's controller support for the second game um, i honestly I, I did keyboard oh sorry no that's it. no i i played the original trilogy all on pc and then i played andromeda on the ps4 and both felt fine to me. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, well, I, I just mean that it's not a sh it's not it's not a twitch shooter. You don't need accuracy because it's based on it's it's got light RPG mechanics built into the shooting anyway. So right. um, so it's not something that those types of games I prefer to play on a keyboard almost exclusively, mainly because of analog control for movement. Um mm -hmm. Uh, and and I, I'm definitely someone who's come around to mouse and keyboard since I've gotten a mechanical and a, a decent Razer mouse. Mm. Um, but I, there's still games that I refuse to play on a mouse and keyboard just because they don't 
feel very good. Like State of Decay 2 right now. Like I can play it on with a mouse and keyboard on on PC, but it's not a better experience. The controller is a far 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 superior experience. Yeah. Um and there're just certain games that are better. Yeah. Todd, I'm I'm a, I'm a mouse and keyboard purist. I will take a mouse and keyboard over a uh, controller on any game. Doesn't matter what the game is. Really? Any game. Any game. Any game. Even uh, like I don't know. Horizon even Zero. On, even Star Trek Online? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no. Absolutely. The, the keyboard con- console. The like, keyboard controls are garbage. The 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 controller con- when I found out that you could use a controller for Star Trek Online, my abilities in that game jumped about 600%. <laughs> But if you customize, if you're using the default controls, then obviously it's it's garbage. But yeah, if you customize, even on Star Trek Online, like I'm also someone who doesn't like to to go in and customize controls too much, just oh, because yeah, no, I before I, just, I even I, I don't have the patience to macro everything. You know, I I don't want to spend 30 minutes selecting exactly the keyboard shortcuts I need to be able to do something. It, it's I, I want to be able to pop into the game and start playing. Every time I reload World of Warcraft after not playing for three to six months or a year or whatever, I have to redo my UI. I spend, on average, a half hour per character reloading that UI. I am absolutely the, you have to customize everything. Like the first thing, (laughs) pretty much. The first thing I do whenever I load any new game is go to the options, check the graphical settings and all the options, and then go to the keyboard controls and make sure the keyboard binds are 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 good and make sense. Believe That's me, the I, first thing I do. I appreciate the fact that you can rebind controls, and I think that in terms of accessibility, that's something that that needs to be available in literally every game. Not like. Almost every game, literally every game, should have accessibility I, I, options for remapping. Mapping. I think controls. most games now, uh, most games now do, with the exception of maybe a couple of like low mobile games and stuff like, like that. Like mobile games and like low team indie games, like Stardew Valley or something. Where like their that. controls are like about the artistic expression of like it's about the lack of control, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think. Uh, there's a, a game that I picked up, uh, Kingdom. It's a little pixel side scroll type game. Um, it's literally just two buttons. Like the entire game is two buttons. Yeah. You, you go left and right and you press two buttons. Or like Kick Punchers, you know, Kick Punchers is literally two buttons. So, um, I, well, okay. So I, I bring this up partially because uh, I was playing Metal Gear Solid Substance on my stream the other night, thanks to a suggestion by tony um (laughs) i fucked it up and only managed to have my headset audio and the game audio was completely missing which uh was very frustrating because it was a pretty good stream but uh i found myself and this is something that i've always had issues with specifically with the metal gear games is the controls are fucking awful um not not great they're not great they're not great they're anti they're uh, especially for the era, like uh, I know that like we take a lot of these control styles for granted because now they've all sort of just worked themselves out. But there was a period of time from like 1998 or like 97 to like 2003 where controls were not as standardized as they are now. And so there 
our control mechanics in Metal Gear Solid because that, that's a, like a 2.5D game with first person um, elements to it. Uh, the controls are not very good. <laughs> and right. I, I was talking about it in my stream about how the controls fight you in a way that is not supposed to be a part of the themes of the game. It, the, the game is not about like uh, the lack of control, you know, we're in like a game like Silent Hill 2, where the controls very much are a part of the feeling of hopelessness and um, frustration and powerlessness. Metal Gear isn't really about that. It's it's almost the exact opposite. It's almost uh, it's like it's it's a commentary on power fantasy, but the controls don't reflect that really at all. Um, and it was just very frustrating to, to every time I wanted to do something, I always got on the ground and started crawling. Oh, oh my God. It was so frustrating. <laughs> um, you know, this is in two in two. Yeah. And this oh. is with the, and this is, and, and the funny thing is this isn't even the original controls from the PS2 version. This no. is the modernized controls from the substance Xbox re-release that came out like six months to a year after the PS2 version did. Wow. So, it's been too Sons long. of Liberty came out in 2001 and then um, substance came out in 2002. Yeah. I mean, it's been so long. I, I can't remember how much, if at all, I struggled with it. I mean, I, I did play uh, two on a, uh, on the original PS2 release, um, the uh, I do remember it taking some time getting used to playing the original Metal Gear Solid on PC. That was how I originally got into Metal Gear. Um, yeah, that top the PC down, version or the or the PS1 version. PC version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I actually never had a PS1. Did you use a gamepad or did you use a, a Just mouse and keyboard? Mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Oh God. Ugh. Yeah. It was. Uh, that something. sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> uh, but and yet I fell in love with. Well, especially from... especially since like in the early it in the late nineties, early two thousands, mm. there was no PC standard for gamepads. Like, yeah. I think Logitech had the best one, but even that, like, it was a it was a it was it was almost literally a crap roll in terms of whether or not your game supported. A game I think at the time I was perfectly I, I I was okay with it I was perfectly fine with it because I was playing a lot of those types of games at the time I was playing I mean I spent what was it the summer after seventh grade I think seventh or eighth grade uh, just mainlining half-life one and uh and like doom too (laughs) while listening to alice in chains and shit (laughs) just like playing them over and over and over that was it was all mouse and keyboard no no game pads or anything so this is an interesting topic to get into have you guys heard of boomer shooters no boomer shooters so boomer shooters we're gonna shooters that are made for boomers I mean, you're on the right track. I mean, it's effectively all the games that we played when we were children. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the younger generation it, is classified. Supposedly, it's like the it's like the um, uh, colloquialism that the youth use for uh, mm-hmm. retro shooters like Quake and Doom and uh, Hexen and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and it feels like uh, the shooters were good. 
Yeah, I'm a huge fan of those. I mean, I don't know if you guys realize this, but the Switch has actually become like a weird like haven for these retro shooters. Interesting. Because if you think about it, almost every single Doom game ever released is now available on the Switch. Huh. Wow. Doom 64, which is arguably one of the best Doom games ever made, has an amazing port for Switch. You can get Turok 1, you can get Turok 2, um, and then the new wave of of retro first person shooters like Dusk and Ion Fury by 3D Realms, um, and uh, there's a there's a couple other ones that haven't cut. Ion Fury is already out, and that's a um, that's a build engine game. So it's it's the same engine as uh, uh, Blood and most famously Duke Nukem. 3d specifically um it it was like the shit out of that too so there's a whole bunch of people that are because the switch is perfect for that era of game because it has the power to play those games with that those types of graphics really well so and the switch has sold so many units that these indie developers are like hey we could port our game our these retro shooters to the switch and make a shitload of money probably even more money than we made on PC. So the Switch has become this interesting test ground for, for, you know, FPSs weren't really ever that popular on consoles, at least back then in the 90s. But now we might see the best place to release those era of games for a mass audience, not on the PC, but the Switch. Wow, that's really, really incredible. I was just uh, telling that we were uh, Meg and I were chatting with some friends the other night, um, and we we're talking about. I was mentioning how I was investing in the new laptop, and I tried running Doom Eternal for like ten minutes on my on our current laptop until it felt like it was going to explode. Um, yeah. But I feel bad for Meg because I, I wish she'd be able to play first FPSs. She gets terrible motion sickness with first person. Um, third person is completely fine, but first person she can't hang. Um, but a game like Doom, just listening to metal blasting in your ears while slaughtering demons, like, oh my god, Meg, this is right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> there's even uh, um, there's a game on Switch that I've been looking at mainly because it has a, a an original um, metal soundtrack by uh, an art. I can't, I can't even remember who the soundtrack is by. But it's called Valferis. Hmm. He also did um, Slain Back from Hell. And the, they're, they're Metroidvanias. Nice. But they have an original like um, Doom Metal soundtrack associated with the game by, a, I think, a relatively well-known right. Doom Metal band. But Speaking I can't remember of which, the um, shout-out back to Axiom Verge. That was completely developed by one dude. The music, everything. That music is beautiful. Yeah, the music for that game is great. Yeah. Uh, tangentially related to gaming, um, last year, last year around the summer, we got a, a cryptic announcement that G4 was coming back in some form or fashion. That's and, crazy. And now we got the news, more, more details. They're, they're working on it. They said uh, at least two projects, uh, Return of Attack of the Show. Ah! 
and X-Play yeah. are set to come out uh, this summer. Fuck yes, finally. So yeah. I think that's interesting because a couple years ago, um, what's his name? Adam Sessler. Uh, Adam Sessler. Uh, he stopped doing he stopped doing game reviews um, yeah. for the for the publication that he was working for, mm -hmm. and it was because he said that he was about to join a really big project. Mm -hmm. um, but mind you, I think this was like four years ago. Yeah, uh, he was working on the um, the Friday the Thirteenth game. Oh, the which uh, which it's, one? It's the party game where you play as. Uh, the killer and then a bunch oh, of people. Okay. So that hasn't game that is actually been... pretty good. Like, hasn't that I actually really liked it. abandoned now by the developers? Um uh, yeah, there, there was, was a... an, there was another game that was very similar to it and that one was better. So that Dead one by got, Daylight. That, yeah, Dead by uh, Daylight. Right? Yeah. That well, one got the You audience. know what's funny? I actually really I prefer the Friday the thirteenth game. I haven't uh, played either one. But... I don't I'm not a big fan of Dead by Daylight. I don't like the gameplay. I think gameplay is. I didn't care for either. Bad. Not not my style. Um, the Friday the Thirteenth game is more. Sh it's. I think the gameplay is less shallow than the. I also like the graphics situation that's going on. I just don't like in Dead by Daylight. You've got these like this these arenas, and I I just uh, I don't like it. Um. Mm. So he was working on the Friday Thirteenth. Okay. Yeah, okay. He yeah. was on All that right. team. So, um, yeah, pretty much all they've, they've, there's only been little bits of information so far. It's under Comcast. Um, uh, they haven't said where you'll be able to watch G4 when it does relaunch. Wait, it's on Comcast? I think Comcast is the parent company. Um, uh, okay. It's, it's subsidiary. Oh, it's subsidiary of NBC Universal, which they originally shut down the network in 2014. Um, and I think it was it's only 2014 still... that it shut yeah. down? Yeah. Whoa, that's uh, <laughs> weird. It feels like it was so much longer ago. It feels longer ago, yeah. Um, I thought it was like 2012 maybe or something, like when we moved up to Orange County, but I don't know. They haven't stated where uh, uh, where it's the new content is going to be launched. Uh, some people are thinking, well, seeing as the corporate structure, probably land on like Peacock that uh, NBC's like pseudo free service it's like oh we give you a taste for free and then you have to pay for more premium content yeah i had to i i did their free one week trial just so we could watch the latest season of ap bio <laughs> and then i canceled it um but we'll see and uh there's, there's definitely not be... enough on that on that service yet for us to invest in a monthly subscription for it yeah yeah but uh definitely uh, a lot of the original crew is coming back with it they are uh hiring <laughs> new talent as well probably to be the leads on the new thing oh yeah and, didn't and supported didn't, by the old crew didn't what's her name say that she's coming back uh 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 sarah underwood no something money. the x-men <laughs> uh, uh Olivia Munn. Olivia Gunn, yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. She, she has Didn't already she done she... things. She was on the reunion thing that they did for Christmas or Thanksgiving. Yeah, they had like so... a little Thanksgiving reunion thing. I think that I read that she was coming back, but maybe. So I, I think the, the only two that. people that I haven't seen involved were um, Sarah Underwood and then uh, Candace Bailey. Those are the only two mm. people that I haven't seen at all. It's Candace like, Bailey has been effective. Now. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's she's a porn star basically like the, all she does effectively is, is, yeah 
porn. Um, and Candace Bailey's been retired with a family for since G four went off the air. She yeah. hasn't acted at all. I think she was in like. One I mean, thing. if we think about it, like that was what year did G four? Because I mean, it was Tech TV before, you know, and then it became G four. When did G four become a thing? What year was it? Oh, it had to have been late nineties, early two thousand. It was early two thousands because it was Tech TV. I remember Tech TV when I was still in high school. Yeah, I used to watch. Um, what's what's the Tech TV show? It was. Was it? <clears throat> Not Attack of the Show. It it was those no, two guys, it, you know? It was Kevin Pereira yeah. and somebody else reviewing tech gear, yeah. basically. Yeah, tech gear. I, I still occasionally... I think fact, it was tech a, gear. I think that was the name. Yeah. Uh, oh, G4 they had a channel, and I, I watched their YouTube channel occasionally, and they're still doing it, you know, oh, well, G, 25 it, years it, later. It officially became G4 in 2002. Okay, that makes so sense. 02 to 14. But, yeah. All right. Well, now I watch LGR for the same sort of uh, like feeling I, I got from watching those shows back in the day. Because, uh, Lazy Game Reviews. Oh, okay. He does like re- he builds computers. His whole thing is like 1995 to like 2005 era tech. And he just mm-hmm. does reviews of games and old laptops and that type of thing. That's a good channel. That's cool. He's, he's like one of the older uh, YouTube channels. So he, he's got hundreds of thousands of subscribers because he's been making YouTube videos since like 2007 or 8. Uh, for the tech nostalgia. Uh, all right. Well, we've got uh, a bit of a, a bit of movie headlines. You want to roll through some really quick? Shoot. All right. Uh, first off, well, now, first off, uh, I think we already covered last time. We got that. Uh, did it come out that, at that point? The Godzilla versus Kong trailer? Yeah. Yeah. And the fact. Wait, that- I, I don't think the trailer no. had come out. I think it's the teaser. The teaser. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they announced the that was it. They announced the due date came up. They they pushed it um, um, up to March. March 26th is actually the drop date. Uh, it was originally going to be in May. So it seems to me like there's a lot of speculation that there's another giant uh, kaiju in the film. I saw some headlines saying like, wait a minute. And like with a freeze frame of like the city destruction, like, is that Mecha Godzilla? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, at no. this point, there are four movies into this monster verse, so they can do whatever silly shit they want. Yeah, and, and they're, they teased a bunch of other big monsters in the last one too. So it, it it's just going to get bigger and bigger after this. So, so, so I rewatched just a few days ago, um, the 2014 Godzilla because the start of this whole monster universe thing, because I hadn't seen it since it first came out and barely remembered anything from it. Um, it's, it's pretty damn solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I'm still pissed that, uh, they pulled a, a Ned Stark with Brian Cranston. Oh yeah, the bait and switch. Yeah, <laughs> and then instead we get, uh, and I didn't even recognize him at first because he was so young with that military short crew cut. But Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Quicksilver, um, and Invincible. Yeah, uh, and so we get him through the rest of the story. And by the way, which is hilarious because that movie was 2014, 
it's him as the main dude. I don't remember his character's name. And his wife at home worrying about him is Elizabeth Elizabeth Olsen. So, really? Yeah. So, Wait, what? So we've got we've got him That's and her. That's weird. Him and her in 2014 <laughs> Godzilla playing husband and wife, and then a year later, Age of Ultron, their brother and sister. Yikes! <laughs> That's got hilarious. No, 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 no. Yeah, hot in here. Uh, anyway, overall, super solid movie. I enjoyed it. However, <laughs> don't be an idiot like me and try to watch that movie in broad daylight on the laptop. There is so much glare, and that movie is so fucking dark. Like, I don't mean oh, like, yeah. I don't mean like grim, dark, spooky. I mean it kind of is because it's a giant disaster movie. But the cinematic, the visuals in that movie are so impossibly washed out and dark. I think that was the time right around Man of Steel. I think was the first Man of Steel was like 2013, maybe. I don't remember. Uh, but it also 2014. There was a in the midst of all that disaster porn, like the last hour of man of steel and and this entire godzilla movie like everything is so dark and gray and hazy you can barely see the action at all kind of like meg was complaining about the the uh, cheetah fight in wonder woman 84 like it's just <laughs> it's impossible to watch like you got like your best bet is to crank up the brightness and like go into like a pitch black room like make your own little but tony like, you're supposed cake. to watch it on an hdr enabled television Ugh, it just like it was I wanted to enjoy it and I overall I enjoyed it for the most part but I felt like I was missing like 70% of the action in all the scenes like and also the way the setup is the story like okay giant monsters attacking these giant sittings all the cities all of these these fights happen at night <laughs> furthermore the actual monsters uh, that Godzilla is fighting those crazy like pterodactyl fuckers um, their screams emit a massive EMP so all the city lights go out. So it is pitch, pitch black. <laughs> like, and then every, because of the disaster porn visual effects, it's like, oh my God, yay. There's a dust cloud covering everything that you might've even had a chance of seeing. So it's like, fuck, like I can't even see the giant monster fight. So remember a couple couple weeks ago, I mentioned that uh, there was a this movie called Monsters from yes. 2010 starring um, uh, Scooter McNary. Yeah, a little indie. It, uh, the little indie Mike ultra ultra micro budgeted feature. Yeah, I enjoyed it's the that same one. director. Uh, Ger Ger Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards, who did yeah. Rogue One and right. Godzilla. Yeah. Um, it just felt like that was that particular time, like 2013, 2014, the the trends in visual effects for those big disasters. Well, well don't worry. In, in so monsters. Much. In monsters, you'd never see the aliens at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that that kind of worked for that. It was it was meant to be. I mean, it was such a low budget. You kind of understood in the back of your head, like, okay, they can only show so much. But in effect, it helped with the dread. It felt like the first alien. Ten thousand dollars was the budget for that film. Yeah, and it helped with the dread. It helped with the feeling because you barely see. Y'all ever made to, tried to make a movie for less than ten thousand dollars? Because I have, and <laughs> it's not very easy. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but anyway, uh, I overall enjoyed it. And then the next one in the series is of course, Kong Skull Island, which I fucking love the shit out of. Um, How could you, you know, I really didn't expect to like that movie very much. And yeah. I, I, I have to say that I didn't love it, but mm -hmm. it's definitely the type of movie that back when I was like 17, 18, 19 years old, I would have gone to see in the middle of the day. 
on a day off from work mm-hmm. and came out of the theater and would have been like punch in the air and then gone to the comic book store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I think we all know the the type of day that I'm talking about. Oh, the sure. mall rats type of day. Mm-hmm. Uh, good old mall rat days. And uh, I that still have... back on the escalator. <laughs> yeah, let it go. Uh, and then uh, Meg and I, once I watched Skull Island again for a refresher, uh, Meg will join me and watch uh, The Last Godzilla King of Monsters, which I haven't seen at all yet. Um, all I know is that uh, <laughs> Eleven from Stranger Things is in there. That's about it. It's it's so. a popcorn flick. Don't don't take anything into it. Don't expect much of story. Just enjoy the uh, big monster fights. Okay. All right. Um, speaking of, this dovetails into uh, news of apparently a couple couple new animated series or specifically anime-styled anime series is what they're talking about for Skull Island on Netflix, as well as Tomb Raider, which is supposed to tie in with the entire reboot trilogy games uh supposed to take place shortly after those the, those that is that also in reference to the new uh the new director they're getting for the sequel it looks uh, like they're trying to make like a tomb raider mcu effectively uh no from what i what i read this is not going to be related to the films with alicia vikander um oh it's which again that film and the sequel that they're apparently still doing, which is a shocker to me, um, that's, I mean, that was an adaptation of that first reboot game, really. Um, but uh, interesting. I mean, kind of loosely adapted, ad- adapted, sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, Tomb Raider and Kong Skull Island, going to get an anime treatment on Netflix. And mm. I think one or both of them was the same. Seems studio. like Netflix is really doubling down on the gaming adaptations. Yeah. Well, because uh, Witcher has been so incredibly successful for them. Yeah. And Skull Island is going to be produced by Powerhouse <laughs> Animation, same studio that did the Castlevania. Castlevania. That yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Just have to catch. You up. know, and, oh, and I that think was so we may- good. We may have touched on this a little bit in a, in a previous episode, but I, I am really surprised that it's taken this long for good video game adaptations to come out for like well, mass, loving... mass consumption. Yeah. I, and this is the old, the old studio effect of, oh, they'll eat any, any old garbage up, just slap the name on it and shit it out there. Yeah. But I, I'm, that, I'm loving that's it. That's finally I'm loving... going away. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm for sure loving the animated series. I mean, I would love to see more live action. Um, video game adaptation series which i mean we're going to get the last of us um which is going to be great but i, I mean i've been i've been saying this you like know the funny thing about years, the but... the funny thing about the last of us is it's almost the least relevant in terms of a need for uh a live action adaptation because the games are so cinematic in and of themselves right that the it's almost like it's covering territory that's already been covered, you know? Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine how they can improve upon that. Um, exactly, yeah. It, yeah, uh, and I, yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I mean, I would love to I see mean, like a Mass Effect. It definitely does have one of those worlds and universes that is is deep enough and uh, isn't, there's enough there that it that it could be adapted really well but i mean so is mass effect you know uh, i i just i think i think the witcher changed things 
Um, and I supposedly they're still making a, a sequel to the Assassin's Creed movie, which I don't know if any of you saw it, but I saw the box was, office numbers. <laughs> fucking, it was fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, but it didn't. And this is the other thing is that like the, the director of the Assassin's Creed movie, he directed an adaptation of Macbeth or was it Hamlet? I can't remember. Um, and I watched it and it was pretty good. But and it it was the same direct he worked with um what's his name? The star of Assassin's Creed. Michael Fassbender. Mike Michael Fassbender. It was like part of a package. That's how they ended up working on both of them. Um but it could have been good but the script was fucking awful and it's it's uh, again over and over and over and over again we get these situations where we get decent directors on these franchise films that work with the absolute bottom of the barrel screenwriters um really just like just scraping the dregs off the bottom of the and i just don't understand what the issue is you know how does this continue to happen over and over again well i think like todd said like so much of uh the industry was convinced that like oh video games it's just sell some bullshit to the just shit something out for the kids and let them have their fun whatever um until you get a property that proves um that it can be uh an elevated art form like something you know, something of quality of like The Witcher. And again, I say this because I, I say this while having yet even watched The Fucking Witcher. I still have to get around to it. Well, and <laughs> but the, um, funny thing about the, the funny thing about The Witcher is that the show is pretty good. It's, it's really not, fucking good. Come on. It's I, probably it's one of the top, like top three or four shows that Netflix has put out in the last few years because right. they've been releasing some stuff. I think in terms of I, I think in terms of quality it's like a B B minus. But yeah. in terms of you know the scope and everything and the budget and the, yes it's impressive from a technical standpoint. Yeah. Qualitatively I think it's largely irrelevant. Yeah, but well, one thing is, look at how long it took for the general population to um, take comic book properties seriously. You know, and video games, video game adaptations have have been fighting that same fight. And well, it, it, which is funny because I I feel like certain video game, the the best video game franchises would work better as movies than comic books would, uh, because comic books, especially superhero comic books they require a suspension of disbelief that is a pretty high bar to get over. I mean, as an adult, it's really hard to keep seeing stories about, uh, about vigilantes and take it seriously. You know, there, there's only so many times I can see uh, someone like daredevil say like, I choose not to kill and just be like, really do you though because you just broke every bone in that dude's body there's very little chance that that dude is recovering he's probably gonna die of a heart attack 
You're saying we need. Uh, I choose more not to kill only applies to named villains. That doesn't apply to the henchmen. You can murder all the henchmen you want. You just can't kill the named villains. And that's absurd. Like, from from like at a certain point, and uh, this was interesting because um, it was in. Was it in the the Batman game where Catwoman Catwoman effectively is like, dude, what are you doing? You gotta kill these guys. Yeah, you gotta kill them. <laughs> oh no, I remember what it was. It was uh the the most recent adaptation of Hush, uh, um the Hush adaptation, which was not good. It was not good. But the most interesting thing in the adaptation was Catwoman was like, dude, you gotta kill him. You gotta kill him. What do you, you putting yourself in a place where like I don't kill him is putting other people at risk, and your pr- the privilege that you have of ki- of being safe in your ivory tower is, and if you claim to like want to be a protector of people, you have to kill this dude, and yeah. if you don't, I will, <laughs> and then she kills him. That's cool and, that they address that. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's funny because I actually I made a whole post about this because I'd had this epiphany. It was around the whole t- the time that like we like we realized that Nazis were actually like a legitimate threat in our country again. Um, <laughs> what? And, yeah. <laughs> and I've always had I've always had a, like a really tempestuous relationship with nonviolence in ter- as an as an ideology. And I used to very vehemently believe in nonviolence as as a, as a tenant of my belief system. I no longer believe that nonviolence is the key to everything. I think quite the opposite. Um, uh, and it, that sort of came along at the same time. Um, and I made this post on Facebook about how Batman is almost as mentally deranged and even more so mentally deranged by continuously fighting these villains and choosing not to kill them when they've literally murdered in terms of canon like the joker has literally murdered like almost close to millions of people so this actually um makes me want to get off topic um well actually on the same line this reminds me the other day i saw um uh, my old buddy hector um hector navarro yeah hector Twitter, and he did a little poll for everybody like hey guys in your eyes uh, were Darth Vader and or Kylo Ren ever actually redeemed? And so the answer, you know, you could say like, yes, both of them were absolutely redeemed. No, only, only. No. no. Wait, wait, no. Wait, hold on, hold on. Here's here's the crazy part about this this poll. So the answers were yes, both of them. No, only Darth. No, only Kylo, or none of them. Neither of them could ever be redeemed under any circumstances. And this brings up something that I've I've talked about this before. It's so bizarre how we the like the the switch flips in our heads of like we can't wait to redeem our villains in fiction. Like in fiction, we get it's such it's such a popular trope, too. Yeah, it's like all genre media. I mean, even right now, I'm guilty of it. Like fucking Negan. We're fucking watching. Negan is yeah. being redeemed. I like, love Negan. I admittedly, I love Negan. I'm watching Supernatural right now with Meg. We're in season 11 now. And fucking <laughs> Crowley, 
uh, Mark Shepard's fucking brilliant. Um, but like within a few episodes, I know like, oh, you can't get rid of this guy. Like he's my new best friend. He's the king of hell. He's a literal demon who has slaughtered and tortured millions. And I love him. I can't like he's Michael. You know, who, you know who started all this? Keep him around. You know whose fault it is? Huh? Fucking Whedon. Yes, it's all Whedon's fault. Yes, you're. Absolutely- he started. He started doing this anti-hero. This not even anti-hero. Like straight up villain redeeming. Uh-huh. In Buffy, in a- literally Angel becomes. Yeah, we just expect it now. Character. When we see a charismatic bad guy. Mike? You know what? We're going to be best friends with this dude, or at least frenemies, within a season or two. We just know it. <laughs> it's nuts. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I refound, I, I, I looked up the poll again. So the, the answers are interesting because the top answer was yes, both of them were redeemed. Vader what? and China. Yeah, 37.9%. And we wonder how we got Trump. <laughs> really. Uh, the next popular answer 28% said no neither then 27% said just vader and then in dead last place 5% said just kylo was redeemed <laughs> so no one said wait how many said neither uh 28% so the the very okay. top was 37% said yes both that feels about right in terms of how many people are sane in this goddamn world <laughs> <laughs> and then a bit below that a bit below that 28% no neither one of them redeemed then just under that just Vader was redeemed and literally 5% only Kylo <laughs> but no I mean, both of them Vader is effectively space gerbils so um... <laughs> they both slaughtered literal billions like planets <laughs> worth of people probably more yeah. but yeah but, but we love them Ugh. But uh, we we gotta put a little flower bonnet on their head and say you're you're besties now. I don't. It's nuts. And yet in real life, God forbid we find a tweet from ten years ago. <laughs> 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 you are the scum of the earth. Uh, if you said uh, anything a little little politically incorrect ten years ago, and uh, you're going. Do you think? Uh, do you think the Star Wars universe has its own its own version of the banality of evil? The banality of evil. Did somebody write the banality of evil in in uh, Arabesh? Arabesh. Oh, um, that reminds me. I saw some, maybe I'm the last person on the internet to know this, but I thought it was really cool. Um, the Last Jedi. Um, somebody, some fan tweeted at Rian Johnson. Han says hi. Yeah, a little Easter egg. So I didn't know uh, that all <laughs> the symbols in all of the Star Wars universe were actually that was... Uh, it's literally um, just one-to-one with with like English letters. Yeah. yeah. So it's not Ar- a, like a real different language. But. Okay. Yeah, so Arabesh, how they use in, in everything and in all the media and all the movies, whatever. If you see little symbols everywhere, that's, that's Arabesh. And in a quick shot at the beginning of The Last Jedi, when uh, they're dropping the bombs, uh, one of the bombs that they flash past in Arabesh says, Han says hi, which is a tribute to Han Solo dying in the seventh one. That was pretty sweet. I thought it was cool. (laughs) Why do you think Harrison Ford hates Star Wars so much? I don't think he does. I think it's all just... An act? An act, yeah. Yeah, I think he... Um, Who gives a shit? <laughs> honestly, he... Uh, I think over the years he got, like, sick of it. Like, I mean, obviously it 
gave him great fortune and everything, but he definitely moved on to other shit and he's not as into all Well, that's action. actually something that I have to ask. Did it give him great fortune? Oh, I, hell, I don't know. I don't think he was. I'm not one of the entirely convinced that it did. Yeah, I think the only actors that really made Indiana Jones than Star Wars. Yeah, I think the only actors that made any money off the original films were Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness, yeah, because he decided to take the percentage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but anyway, in any... mind you, they, they they definitely signed over like likeness rights and stuff like that. So they they got paid every time you know a book with his you know so the Thrawn trilogy, every book that they sold, he probably got a couple cents off of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not an uncommon thing in either side. Like, you know, one, one actor has a very iconic role, whether it was in movies or a long running TV show or something. And then they just want to move on and they get sick of over time. People just can't stop thinking of, yeah, but he only did three person. of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but look how big star Wars became. I mean, he probably feels like yeah. that, like Jesus Christ, get over it. I just do these three. I think, yeah. Movies. I, I think it seemed like it had any of other movies. Jesus Christ. I think it had much more to do with fans stopping him on the sidewalk and being like, you're Han Solo, you know? Like, yeah. It's like, fuck off. I'm an actor. I used to be a carpenter. He's just a grumpy guy to begin with. And yeah. add on top of that, the frustration of. Uh, also, it's, it's it interesting to think that like Harrison Ford was already 32 at the time of shooting A New Hope. Yeah. Yep. He was That's uh, like, he I, was... I'm 34. So like, I'm only barely older than he was uh, when he made it. And that was so long ago. Yeah. He's he was, ancient. He was 40, 41 when Raiders came out, I think. That's um, what? crazy, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, but uh, yeah, what was interesting he looks was so much. That, he looks so much younger. Oh, yeah. yeah dude's built like a tank. Um, what was really cool, though, I remember listening to um, uh, Hardwick's podcast uh whether it was i don't know if it was still nerdist back then or if he branched off to id10t or whatever but he he mentioned how he moderated the panel at uh, comic con for uh for um force awakens, force awakens thank you and it was shortly <laughs> after uh harrison ford recovered from that bad plane wreck breaking his foot yeah oh, okay. uh, well no he he this was was it before force awakens or is it right it was before force awakens because he hurt himself okay. shortly before they and then he broke his foot film. while shooting the film while shooting the freaking hydraulic <laughs> door slammed on his foot yeah but it was um it was before it was when they announced force awakens they knew that they were all part of the cast and they had the the big comic con panel about it um and uh Chris Hardwick said he noticed a big change in him. Like he definitely now just seemed to feel like he was legitimately touched by the, the audience, the crowd and all the love, the outpouring and everything. And I don't know, maybe that, that brush with uh, the Reaper just kind of made him appreciate things more. I, I don't know. But, and then shortly after that, there was what, you know, return to Blade Runner, him pushing more for Indy five. Yeah. he's probably know. not getting a whole lot of work right now so and I mean, well it's mainly because he chose not to for such a yeah. long time true yeah which is is fine. that a loteria what is that a loteria shirt yes of nightmare on uh, elm street yes oh yeah it's yeah <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah. holy shit 
Yeah, I found that at the Spirit Halloween store. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, yeah, it's one of my. Favorite I was like, things. that looks like a low that. I was like, that looks like a Loteria card. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's, uh, a, that's a really good find. Yep, yep. Thank you. Okay, we got a bunch more shit to talk about. Uh, I'm going to run through some quick headlines. Uh, HBO Max, there's a bunch of announcements. Uh, first off, Babylon 5 Remastered is now on HBO Max. I have been hearing people in, you know, all around me, all my fellow geeks. It looks really good. Like, 15 years have been telling me you got to get into fucking Babylon five, Tony. Babylon five is incredible. Yeah. So now and it looks, and honestly this, this, I, I, okay. So I'm a big nerd about these types of transfers and stuff like, Mm -hmm. uh, the X files transfer, the next generation remastered transfer, the eventual DS nine remaster, um, you know, cross your fingers. Uh, (laughs) it looks really good, but there, this is, this is a very, very complicated situation when it comes to this remaster because this is not the ultimate... This is not exactly what fans wanted. It it looks good for what they're going to get, um, but this is sort of a uh, an in-between between... Yeah. Because the DVD masters... So the, sh- the show was shot on 69, or it was framed in 69, um, a miscommunication between the the CGI artist studio um, made it so that all the CGI scenes were only ever mastered in 4.3. Hmm. So on the DVDs back in the day, the show was in 16.9, but the CGI uh, was uh, was cro- was zoomed in. So you lost a good 30% of the information um, on the top and bottom of the show. Mm-hmm. And it also made it look zoomed in and you know worse. But this version, they there was no way to to get a, a 16.9 version of the CGI. So they just used the 4.3 original television version of the the film stock. Which they scanned it for at 4K, but it's a 1080p master. Um, so the show looks really good. It's look it looks better than it ever has, um, but the sides are gone from the live action footage. Um, but we do get the full CGI. It's complicated, but it looks really really good. Right. It's the best way to watch the show, honestly. And oh. it'll feel it'll feel like really comparable to because the show was it looked really good back in the day yeah. if you were watching it on CRT. Um and it it looks it's definitely worth watching at this point because it's a great way to watch it. All right. Definitely on the list. Um more on HBO Max. Uh Snyder's Justice League finally got a release date, March 18th. Um, soon that's really soon that's pretty soon yeah i'm i was surprised uh there was also like a a a little uh like a sizzle reel that hbo max released of basically announcing like hey by the way guys every major warner brothers release will be here streaming day one um gotta love a few little uh, new glimpses of mortal kombat little bits with sonya blade and whatnot Mm -hmm. um even jacks i saw jackson there too jackson there too yeah yeah uh, we didn't, 
Oh, I think we talked about it in chat in midweek because the news came out. Uh, apparently, early development, but Harry Potter live action series for HBO Max. So what I've what I've heard is that this is pre-development. This is literally them yeah. putting a team together to explore. Oh, putting what are the possibilities together. of maybe effectively a live action. to find writers and to find show, a showrunner. So if this comes out, it's going to be like minimum of five years from now minimum yeah not just that they literally can't even start yeah because there's rights issues with because there's rights issues with uh comcast uh nbc universal because nbc universal uh after they put in the last expansion of uh wizarding world in you in universal orlando they signed a deal at the same time for a first look rights for NBC Universal to all future Harry Potter content for the next 10 years. Jesus. And that ends into 2025. Jesus. So they, they can't even... Uh, well, I'm a little bit murky on this. I don't know if they can start production before and it can't be released or they can't even start production until 2025. Well, here's a question. If, if, if it ever happens, <laughs> will it be on like kind of the same level, um, beautiful wise in terms of- I would expect it to look as good as the Mandalorian. Okay. I um, was thinking Game of Thrones, but- uh, Well, sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yes. I would say it would be as of the same quality. Caliber, Caliber yeah. yeah caliber as prestige television yes. yeah they're, they're not yeah. going to cheap out on that they're not but gonna... here's the thing i'm not going to watch it <laughs> oh because of jk rowling that's the no. uh, that's the big question who will uh, how much of an audience will stick with it I, I think you guys are overestimating like i completely agree with the sentiment but i think you guys are overestimating how many how much of a percentage of the world actually gives a shit about what she says on Twitter. 100%. There will always be an audience for it, no matter what. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. It's going to happen, but I'm not going to pay... I'm not going to... Support her with, with I'm not going to support her with it. Like, Right. So, yeah. I, I actually went to Universal Orlando in 2019, hmm. like, a, a month after the first, like, inklings of her transphobia came out. And I was in a cab with my girlfriend at the time. And um, we were talking about that. We were, we were literally about to go to universal in like a couple days in universal Orlando. So like the, the big wizarding world. And we were about to leave in like two days. And um, we, we told the, the, the cab driver what we were doing. And it turns out that the cab driver was a trans woman. And she was like, Hey, did you hear about this fun fact? And we were like, uh, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> and I was literally wearing this like Harry Potter shirt that I'd gotten at Vans. Cause they did like a Vans, like co- collab with, <laughs> with, with uh, Harry Potter. And it's got these wands. And I was like really proud of my shirt. And I was just like, Oh, God damn it. I think there's a lot of philosophical things that you can try and converse in terms of of going because you want to see the characters 
like journey mm -hmm. and how much can you separate from the creator separating the art from the artist exactly. yeah so you know so because the same could be said of i'm never gonna watch a harry weinstein movie ever again harvey weinstein Hi harvey weinstein i'm so sorry so uh, death of the author is <laughs> death of the author is absolutely like a phil is like a literary idea and it's one that i for the most part uh, ascribe to but death of the author is a philosophical and literary idea it, it doesn't really get into any financial considerations you know like uh like do i think that george lucas no longer um has star wars as his it's no longer his it's ours now i believe that i think that the audience the the people that consume your media after something has been birthed into the larger consciousness the same be said for harry potter since it's such an integral part of like culture now well yeah i think exactly the same thing can be said hmm. but by buying harry potter merchandise or tickets to a movie or buying the books or well, for sure or, find it all used like, you're you're literally putting money directly into her pockets yes but if you go to universal studios for any number of other reasons than than wizarding world but you're already there so my sure well no, no no like i'm not gonna stop going to universal because i love halloween horror nights halloween horror nights is like one of the most fun yeah. things i've ever done in my entire life and i'll keep going until i die <laughs> but i will not buy butterbeer <laughs> and i won't buy and i will never buy harry potter merchandise ever again yeah, that makes sense. It's understandable. Yeah. I will never do it because I have way too many friends that are trans, non-binary, doesn't matter. And she effectively is denying their existence. And I absolutely cannot support that. Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. Now, what if you found like a used copy of Harry Potter? <laughs> That's fine because it's not because... It's already that, been purchased. That, that, it's yeah, already been purchased. She's not getting money from it. And yeah, I mean, sure. I do. It's also, I'm. it's, it's a little bit more complicated than that because I now her entire franchise is a suspect to me. It's, it's the same way that like, I can't re really reread Ender's game. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I, it, I because I now all of the, the, the stuff that he said in his book all seems like complete and utter bullshit. Mm. Um, like preaching tolerance and, and that type of thing when it was all just like it was just bullshit it was just a thought experiment to him yeah. um and jk rowling it's you can see that shit all through the through the books now and i i just like i'm just disinterested with her works i will say the movies are a little different because the movies are less a direct product of her and more a product of a team of artists um, yeah, I can see that separation. And as someone who's worked in in movies before, I absolutely understand that like movies happen by a number of people, people, and it's not just one person. Yeah. But when it gets down to it, uh, specifically the Harry Potter franchise is so disastrously entangled with J.K. Rowling at this point. Uh, like there is no Harry Potter merchandise that she does not. Immediately benefit from, mm. literally. Like, there's nothing, mm. unlike certain other franchises where, like, uh, you know, uh, like Ghostbusters is owned by Sony now. You know, so any Ghostbusters merchandise that is purchased, the merchandise rights, a certain percentage of that uh, gets back to 
doesn't doesn't necessarily go back to like Dan Aykroyd, you know, Um, where Star Wars or Dan Aykroyd by his vodka. (laughs) But but Harry Potter, she locked down all the license rights for that at the very beginning. Yeah. hundred percent of that. Not a hundred percent goes, which was goes a to very her, smart but move on her on her. Yeah, I mean, she was brilliant, you know. Yeah. She also just happens to be a terrible human being. That's what George Lucas got away with because, like, Fox was like, "What? You want all the toy rights? Fucking why?" And, they, like, and I, I, I mentioned, <laughs> I mentioned this in it. I mentioned this in our in our chat the other day. Like, we really lucked out that George Lucas isn't a piece of shit, you know. Like, yeah. like George Lucas is largely a pretty cool dude. He's yeah. a billionaire that's going to give literally all of his money to charity when he dies. Like that is, that's, that's like yeah. the optimal scenario when it comes to billionaires. That's pretty rad. Well, uh, I hope we don't have anything against anybody involved in Cloverfield because uh, we're getting word now that an actual, not a weird side story, not a parallel universe, an actual Cloverfield 2 is in the works from Bad Robot and Paramount. I've been waiting for this to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. It was just a matter of time. JJ, I mean, yeah, I'm actually uh, surprised it took this long too. Yeah, no real details so far, other than that it will not be a found footage style film. I'm okay um, with that. Yeah, I, Meg, you don't have to worry about. I don't people. know. <laughs> I think that may be a mistake. I, I just think that found. I think found footage is a is a really interesting. Um style and i think there's a lot you can do with it i agree uh, but i think media i agree but i think if they did the same thing twice it would lose its luster i think I then think you don't do the same thing twice you you see okay <sighs> like it that is just a failure of creativity on the the author's point like like i get i get wanting to do like a more traditional style of film and sure there's a, something to that but it also it, it why why even but why but why do just a regular film that that that's so creatively bankrupt that's like saying like we didn't have enough faith in our original creation well who's to say they are doing like a regular standard film maybe they're not they're not doing found footage but they're doing something completely different so the 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 closest You're thing overfield in the time of COVID, it's all Zoom chats. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the closest, the closest thing that we can compare this to, we actually do have a very specific, um, almost a very very specific uh, example to point to: hmm. Blair Witch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blair Witch got a non-found footage sequel. They got multiple sequels, actually. I've never seen the sequels. Uh, okay, so I'm a big Blair Witch fan. I'm not going to get in into it long, long term. But the second movie, Book of Shadows, isn't very good. <laughs> it could have been very good if they'd gone with the original cut and the original concept that the director wanted and uh, Artisan Entertainment hadn't gone in and butchered the whole thing. Um, but, uh, and then Blair Witch, the other sequel is fine it's good it's better than book of shadows but it's not as good as the original um but they 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 clearly got away from the found footage style of the original and the movie suffered 
because of it. I mean, it actually suffered for a lot of other reasons, but that's what I'm saying is that like they didn't have enough faith in the concept of the original to be able to extend it into another movie. I absolutely, I guarantee that with the right script, you could do another found footage Cloverfield movie that could be better than the first one. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. All right. Well, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think they'll, no, whatever it's going to be. It, if you ever want to watch a fan edit of Blair Witch 2 that uses the original director's vision, I have a copy if you want. Is that because it's produced and directed and starring Byron Diffenderfer? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was uh, this guy. This guy, he found the um, he found the script notes for the director based on the director's original vision. He asked, he literally communicated with the director and was like, hey, I want to make a fan edit of Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows based <clears> on your original script notes. Do you mind if I do that? And the director was like, knock yourself out. And so he did. And I watched it. And it's way better than the original cut. And uh, I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's it's a curiosity, but it's a very, it, it, it's one of the better fan edits that I've seen. I recommend it. All right, cool. All right, one more quick, one more quick thing, and then we got to get on to one division, one one division, one division. Um, back to the world of Indiana Jones, really quick. Uh, James Mangold uh may have revealed uh the setting for Indiana Jones 5 uh in a little tweet interaction this past week uh with a fan. He mentioned something about he's listening to certain stuff from the sixties, these bands right now, because he's all into that because of the, we said sixties, right? Yeah. All of, said his, 60s. all of his current projects take place in 1960s, New York city. So hmm. interesting little tidbit. Um, furthermore, I can't remember if I reported this before, but within the last week or two, maybe there was talk of an actual animated series for Disney plus which frankly i think an indie I, animated series yeah which i think would be fucking brilliant to be a brilliant way to continue it without having to worry about harrison ford being 177 years old um i mean they they <laughs> definitely they're not going to use harrison ford again though they'd have to recast there's no way harrison ford is doing an animated series no no of course not but i mean <laughs> we've, we've had indiana jones uh who was the the longtime voice actor for all the video games he was a great indie um he was pretty good the first time I ever heard him, I'm not saying this is the first time he played him because the, the LucasArts games came before, but was in that Star Wars Masters of Tarascosi game. Oh, that, that fighting game from like oh, 1997. <laughs> wow. It was the same guy who did uh, uh, Temple or um, what's the first voice acted LucasArts in a game? Uh, Fate of Atlantis. Fate of Atlantis. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see Indiana Jones Indiana Jones voice actor um I can't find it oh well but yeah it was well, the same guy for there's a guy years. that they use now who was in like Battlefront 2 or Battlefront and Battlefront 2 okay yeah that guy did a pretty good job he was pretty voice. good yeah I, I, I thought he did a good job okay uh Doug I mean uh, it's also like if it doesn't sound exactly like them who gives a shit yeah, I mean, look at, I mean, everybody warms Who up to... Who gives a shit? 
Yeah, you get, everybody warms up to it eventually. I mean, uh, the voice actor for Obi Wan in all of Clone Wars. I mean, he has he's great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I associate him more with the character than I do with you and McGregor. Yeah, do it now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, another little tidbit. I think rumor that Qui Gon um, Liam Neeson may be uh, appearing in that Obi Wan. Honestly, film. I would love that. Oh yeah, uh, and Liam Neeson. I have I have a few mixed feelings with Liam Neeson as a person. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I like Qui-Gon enough to just ignore who what's coming out of his, like who, whose mouth it's coming out of. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. All right. WandaVision. We have had two episodes since we last talked. Um, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I barely remember episode three because episode four like blew me through the wall. Uh, I, <laughs> uh episode three was there in the 70s um uh, it's funny because i barely remember episode two i thought episode three was the most memorable of all of them i, I liked episode I two best <laughs> i have been pretty much like not giving a shit about this show because most seriously though most of the episode literally is pointless except to be like look at us we're doing retro shit you know, and then they throw in little tidbit things of like something's not right. But for the majority of the show, you could skip all of it and it means nothing. Meg. But then episode four or three. So four, four, I, four, three. I actually, happens, I actually like, a little bit go back on board. I actually <laughs> a little bit agree with Meg. I, I, do, I do think that there is a um, uh, I think the conceptualization of the show. I love it. I think I think the show is incredible, but I do definitely because i do think that there is a certain portion of the fandom that specifically for marvel stuff they're not watching this for retro throwbacks to 60s 70s and 80s television shows like that's not what they're interested in that's not that's that's not what the storytelling really is focusing on Mm -hmm. or i mean that's what the story is focusing on but and they are definitely taking their time to get there. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I was like, if this is going to be the whole season, like, I'm fucking out. I'm not, I mean, <laughs> well, like, I and appreciate it's it. It's clear clearly, now, though, that that's not going to be the whole season. Exactly. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Fahey said, back. Kevin Fahey said, like, a couple of weeks ago, yeah, this is a slow start, but once it gets going, it gets going fast and hard. Yeah. So, what I will to say, say though, is that I think the, and we've run into this a couple times now with like the the weird amorphous release schedules for these like post post um, peak TV shows. Uh, and Picard suffered from the same exact thing is that oh, yeah. this should not have been released weekly. It should have been released as a binge show dropped all on the same day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so many the storytelling really does not support a week-to-week viewing structure. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that so many shows are still clinging to that choice of uh, like wanting to... It's almost like trying to recapture the whole... Uh, everybody at the water cooler in the office uh, well, the following Monday. Like, oh, what's going to happen next week? And bring well, I absolutely hugs. do not think that every show should follow that release structure. Mm-hmm. No fucking way. Um, like the boys, the boys has the optimal release structure for its style. I think personally, there were a lot of people who don't like that idea. I think they're wrong. Um, the Mandalorian but, was perfect. Uh, 
for for the I, I think that's I think it, a more complicated. A, no, I think it's a weekly structure on the Mandalorian. I think binging. I think it you guys are probably right. Uh, I, I think I'd rather watch it binge, but you know, sure. Yeah. But Picard, maybe, maybe we're just I just read this way. article today about how, and I thought this when Picard was released. The, the Picard, the first two episodes are effectively a pilot, and they should not have been broken up. Absolutely yeah. not. They should not ever have been shown separately because they're not two different episodes. It's, a, it's a, they're two they episodes get? that are one. Yeah, because you don't know uh, what this. You don't know where Picard is going. Exactly. Until the end of that show, until the end of the second episode, you don't know the direction that the show is headed until the end of that second episode. So I think what what the, what the the industry should be really doing at this point is on a one off basis, and this is entirely within their scope. They can do this. This is not possible. It's not even ridiculous. In fact, I think it's most likely going to happen after a lot of backlash from some of these release strategies is that they're going to have to decide on a one-to-one -one release schedule for the health of the show. What is the best way to, to, to watch this show? Is it all at once or is it uh, the, the format that I think is the best and Amazon has been doing this for a while is Amazon releases the first three episodes at once. And then the rest of the release is staggered. Hmm. And I think personally, that is the release structure that is the most widely adaptable to, to a lot of different styles. But I think most likely we have to start doing it one by one. This show all released on the same day, this show week by week. Can you imagine like lost? I, I like a lot of people binge that show, but I didn't, I watched it week from week and I can't imagine the type of experience that Lost would have, that I would have gotten out of Lost, had I binged the entire season in one day, yeah. maybe it would have been a much inferior experience. Yeah. I mean, maybe those discussions are already happening plenty behind the scenes. It's... I guarantee you they are because yeah. there's a pretty huge backlash to Wandavision, um, and I think it could have been prevented if it had all just been dropped on the same day. Uh -huh. I think that's part yeah. of the. I think that's part of the reason why they released two episodes on day one instead of just the one. Yeah, definitely. Because they knew, like, yeah, nothing's going to happen for at least three episodes, so we got that, that, that third episode. It was it was good, and I think it was the most compelling of all of them. Um, but it was also, uh, it also felt it, it felt weird because it was by itself. It didn't have another episode to to pad it out, and the the run times are already pretty short. Um, yeah. And I think I, Disney Plus might be running into some issues with the length of their ish, with the length of their shows. I I'm more of a fan with the, I, I can accept a, a slow burn, uh, but I I can see I, I can agree that maybe you could have had two episodes for the setup and then episode three big your be, be your big reveal and get things moving a little bit quicker. Um, well, and the other thing that they could do is that they, they could play with the episode length. And, and, and I think that's that's part of it is the 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 less than 40 minute episode lengths for WandaVision is not helping the structure of the show. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I know it works for the sitcom structure. But um, when when your credits are 
fifteen percent of the total length of the episode. <laughs> but they're really uh, pretty credits. <laughs> they're really pretty, but they're absolutely fucking useless. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's just frustrating. And and when you see that 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 like this third, this last third of the bar left on your television is only credits, you're like. You feel you legitimately feel cheated a little bit, and I know yeah, that's a you, really you that's still, a really privileged idea, but yeah, and you still scroll through it just to make sure there's no yeah, mid credit or end exactly, credit yeah, yeah, because you never know when when Marvel's gonna you know eliminate the the end credits scene, yeah, and end game all they had was a hammer or yeah. a you know mallet, yeah. I guess. RDJ's yeah, hammering the initial helmet um okay all of this nerd nitpicking aside episode four pretty fucking fantastic <laughs> amazing oh. yeah uh yeah, I it was loved, good i love actually i liked i liked episode three more but season or episode four was good okay yeah we i guess we didn't talk about episode three I, i'm just trying to trying to um well, because memory. episode three was a pretty huge episode in terms of the 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 ongoing story. I mean, you get the first time that outside events are referenced. We get Ultron, the name right. dropped, yeah. and that is a that is like that moment when Wanda looks at uh, at uh, Monica, mm -hmm. Monica, Monica yeah. Rambo. Yeah, which we which everybody, that all the nerds immediately suspected. Well, her her in character, her in. Pleasantville uh, name was Geraldine. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. When she but, looks uh, at Geraldine and she's like, "You're." I mean, I also sort of had meta knowledge of what's coming yeah, because right. of the relationship to other comics. Mm -hmm. My sister didn't really understand what was happening, and I just turned to her and I was like, "Oh shit, it's about to go down!" Yeah. <laughs> like, and the way Elizabeth Olsen like snaps, like, "Who are?" Oh man, you? I really, I cannot overstate how incredible Elizabeth Olsen is doing in the show. Like, yeah. she really is. She's leveling up as an actress, <laughs> uh, as like all all across the board. Like, she's doing a, a phenomenal well, job. I read an interview earlier today with her and uh, how she was incredibly it, when uh, Kevin Feige pitched the show to her uh shortly before endgame uh i mean he already had it in his pocket what really and, yeah and that long ago? Uh, yeah and she was completely wow. like feige man that dude she, is, is legendary she was like floored and honestly like terrified at the prospect of having to carry this show and everything she was kind of enjoying at that point like yeah i pop in for these fun movies but i don't have to carry like the bulk of the weight and everything and and then he drops this prospect on her. She's like, holy shit. Uh, but yeah. then, you know, being it uh, once she got started in the show, she's like, now I love this character like more than ever. Like she's I'm protective of her. She's my baby. Um, it's it's just really cool. You know, and it's really interesting because Wanda has always been a, a pretty a pretty big character in the comics. But mm -hmm. if you would have told me that. That Scarlet Witch would get her own television show. <laughs> 10 years ago i would have been like motherfucker you crazy yeah i mean uh, i could i could see it she is one of the most powerful beings in the marvel universe like in the marvel yeah, universe she's like like she's, she's top top five she's top five top ten movies. she's kind what of like that? a b character in the movies though 
Yeah, yeah that's just because she's introduced. She's introduced halfway through the, the the main story. Is is why she's sort of a B character. But she's gotten a lot of attention in the stories that she's in. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's it's incredible to me. I, I was chatting with another friend, friend Mike, about this a few days ago, just because uh, we were talking about the themes of the show and everything, and like, just stop and think for a sec, like how insane, how far comic book media like big multi-million dollar projects based on comic books are now in movies and television to the point where they have paved the road so hard now that we are getting these weird swing for the fences multi-million dollar projects like we're getting an invincible animated show and movie series yeah what we're i mean we're sitting here like nitpicking about like oh it's a little too slow or blah 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 or whatever but i mean how insane is it that now we get to watch like weird and wild side stories about comic book characters just dealing with grief? Give me a birthright con- uh, a show. You know, that would just... super Superman birthright. No, no, uh, the the comic birthright. Oh, uh, oh, that, that's another one that's on my list to get around to. I've heard good things, um, but yeah, it's just crazy. Like as opposed to like you know what 10, 15 years ago or so, the formulaic just uh superhero origin story he gets his gear he gets his girl he beats the bad well, guy the you know nolan nolan really changed things yeah like sure nolan is a the dark knight is a is like a transformative moment in the way that superhero media was perceived by the larger culture like because this wasn't believe a man could fly anymore. You know, this was a heist movie with Batman as a character in it. Well, not only that, but before, before the Nolan Batman movies, every superhero film out was all camp. Like everything was just camp, 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 camp. And if they, if they tried not to be camp, it failed massively. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's well. That's... Prior, well, prior to like X Men, yeah, because X Men there was camp in it, but not it, really it was still... not that much. It was, it was still very wink. Much a superhero film. There were still like elements of camp, but it was a largely straightforward story. Yeah. And it was it was like wink at the audience, sort of like remember the shadow superhero, the shadow. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. So supposedly, um, the reason why he did the shadow. Uh, was because he was offered he was offered Batman, but his agent turned it down. You're talking about Baldwin? Baldwin. Yeah. His agent turned it down, and Alec Baldwin was like, What <laughs> the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> of course I'd like to be Batman. <laughs> oh man. And honestly, when you think about it, Alec Baldwin as Batman. Batman? He would have been great. He would have been incredible. He would have been amazing as Bruce, and he would have been amazing as Batman. Yeah. Oh man. Like the uh, like the first time I heard that story about Alec Baldwin in the Shadow, because because I saw the Shadow in 1994 when it came out, and uh, uh, I loved it. I was weirdly fucking obsessed with it as like a eight year old or yeah, eight year old. Um, and uh. But it's a weird fucking movie. Do you remember The Shadow? I tiny, tiny bits of it. You should rewatch it because it's actually really fucking good. 
good goodish ish <laughs> but it is bizarre as fuck it is it is definitely worth a rewatch i will absolutely say that it is absolutely worth a rewatch um and i it, really wanted it, to go it, back it suffers from like some really really in poor taste orientalism but uh but other than the horrible racism um it's pretty good but isn't that just any movie from the 80s and 90s well a lot of those old well a lot of those old specifically like the comic book style or the the serial adventure style i mean even like indiana jones and whatnot because they're adapting stuff that was from the 30s and you know based on like kipling and shit you know like right right like little adventure serials where you're running away from the 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 natives uh, who are angry at you for stealing their idol or whatever you know it's i actually saw something recently um uh disneyland while they're shut down for covid thank god man thank god this is finally happening yeah they're revamping the uh entire jungle cruise uh probably in part with the movie coming out but also to uh you know clear out a lot honestly like jungle cruise is like oh there is real i mean it's there's not a lot of it it's not it's not like a significant part a part of the ride Mm -hmm. but the moments of of like really offensive like shit Mm -hmm. they're pretty significant a little bit yeah yeah uh it wasn't the the um splash mountain now gonna be uh uh, princess and the frog Frog. yeah yeah i think that's a really good already happened well it's there well i don't even think they've even closed the ride yet well, Disneyland's been closed, closed for like eight months. I think they were they were just about to start closing it to do the construction on revamping it when COVID. Yeah, hit. So when COVID hit, exactly. They had like just announced it, so like, yeah. I don't think Princess and the Frog. That's like a years long refurbishment. Like, yeah, well, that's, it's that's like been closed now for a year, so might as well. Do well, it what I mean the, that so that that's the type of refurbishment for that type of ride. That's it's that's a closure that's gonna. I mean. Disneyland literally just reopened a couple days ago, right? Am I not wrong? No, they're still that? shut down. No, they're, they're still shut down. Thinking of Disney World. Yeah, Disney World has been open intermittently throughout this entire. Is thing. Downtown Disney open again? Yes. Downtown Disney's open. Yes. Oh, okay. That, that's what it was. Downtown Disney just reopened. Yeah. yeah so yeah. the so the last time that Slash Mountain went down for this long was like ten years ago, and it was closed for almost two whole years um, because of major. Mind you, this was like structural shit that they had to fix. But um, that's a that's a huge that's because this isn't just a refurbishment. They have to literally remake all of the storytelling elements of the attraction. Yeah. Like that's a huge. That's a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. Um. Anyway, getting back to WandaVision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. So, episode three, we start to see the shit hit the fan um, with uh, all the not not actually said who she is, who Geraldine truly is, but uh, enough information for uh, all of the comic nerds for their spidey sense to tingle. And then in episode four, we get confirmation this is grown up Monica Rambeau little girl from uh captain marvel and uh, who is herself captain marvel in the comics oh shit in fact was captain marvel (laughs) and who was captain marvel in the comics before uh carol danvers 
Carol Danvers was Captain Marvel. I was wondering why they were harping so much on her mom in the episode. So I just, I did not make the connection. Well, I was going to point it out, but then you accused me of like mansplaining other things to you. So I didn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) But Tony, I know I retain very little about the Marvel (laughs) comic storyline and people intermingling in different parts of the, like, for example, um, the the nerd girl in episode four from two cat dennings yeah cat yeah. dennings who yeah, was like, darcy i totally forgot that she was in thor, thor and thor, thor, thor too yeah because yeah. yeah. everybody else did yeah <laughs> and by the way meg the fbi agent was the fbi agent who was after ant-man oh shit i didn't know that either yeah. <laughs> Even the little card trick he does, card trick that Ant Man took. I love that was I loved that about this episode. (laughs) Like say uh, like regardless of all the crazy ups and downs of the CW uh, Arrowverse, one of my favorite elements was whenever they had crossovers and they had specific crossover episodes where a bulk of it, like the B plot, was just all about the B side Mm. team, like all the support teams. Yeah, inter, inter, interacting. Yeah, yeah. Those are and, actually, I actually largely didn't give a shit what the rest of those episodes were about. I was just like, oh, he's hanging out with her. That's rad. Yeah, like that. let let Cisco Ramon geek out with uh with um oh what's her name? Fucking Oliver's girl. Glasses McGee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. And so now we're seeing that in Marvel. It's like, oh shit, we got the FBI and, agent with Darcy hanging well, out. And, now and, all I want is. An Agent Wu X Files story. <laughs> Give yes, us an Agent yes, Wu X Files yes. show. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, "Wow, this really feels like an X Files episode." Totally did. Oh my god. So um, you know, and I, I was thinking this while I was watching the episode is that getting these little looks at side characters, but in a larger story, this is absolutely something that Marvel Comics has been doing for. I mean, Ever. since the se- since the '70s, like, yeah. like they have been so that is like tantamount to what Marvel Comics is about is going into another book and seeing these random characters all of a sudden influencing this other storyline that has nothing to do with the other storylines that their characters are from, but and now those characters are recontextualized. So it's not just that they're stories of, um, you know, X Men or or Fantastic Four they're marvel characters and that is really the what marvel has been so good about and i think it's how most people get into marvel comics in the first place is they read spider-man they read x-men they read um you know captain america or whatever and then they see a couple characters from other books and they're like oh i wonder what else those characters have been in and then they do a little bit of research and every Marvel fan goes through this like cycle, this like this exact same cycle that I'm referring to where you, you read one Marvel comic and then you read like uh, one of the the over the maxi events. And then you're like, oh, Doctor Strange in this is in this. I like Doctor Strange in that comic. Like what else has he been in? And so you're like, I'm going to read a couple Doctor Strange comics. And they're yeah. like, like who are all these other characters? And then it's like Iron Fist and what? Oh, it's glorious. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's not even like an event like civil war or something where you have to follow 50 different books. That's just your natural curiosity going, Hey, this yeah, character is exactly. also in that. I want to check out that. And Hey, then, the, then I learned about this character and that. So. 
real quick, going back to WandaVision, um, one thing I really appreciated that they did was whatever came out of her bubble stayed the way it was in her bubble. Like when the rope got cut off in episode four, that part oh, of the yeah. rope stayed turned into a jump rope yeah jump rope rope, and same with um rambo's character when she came back out of the bubble she was still dressed in that outfit yeah well that and what that shows that's part of her power that's part of her powers is that she can literally create matter she can like in 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 the in the shows and in the movies you've seen her repair stuff and like move matter around Mm -hmm. but you've never actually seen her full-on create matter and that's part of her power is she can actually create matter from nothing and it's a great storytelling device it'll it, it shows the audience that this she can she's affecting her bubble but she doesn't she can also affect what's outside of the bubble too which is, which is a little scary, you know. No. And oh, I think what the the X Files sort of like structure of the episode really works to show the audience like this is serious and like this is, and getting into episode four and what happens later in episode four, like it's all Wanda. Yeah. What I said from the beginning, damn it. It's all Wanda. <laughs> I mean, also... anybody who'd read any of the comics could have easily surmised that this was all Wanda, but there was a little bit of doubt. Yeah. I'll say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it, they, they kept it. Um... This is the, the fourth episode was the first time we had full confirmation for that. Yeah. 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 Up until this point, especially in the first two episodes, you, you had, you could have, uh, you you had hints of both sides of their argument, like, oh, is she trapped in some simulation, or is she the cause of it, or is she affecting the simulation? Yeah, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, my sister. Agent, and we had Agent Wu as the proxy for the audience with him and his whiteboard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my sister, when when uh, Monica said it's all it's all Wanda, my sister turned to me and she was just like, oh shit, because she yeah. didn't she didn't know yet, you know, but she did figure it out. She actually was. Okay, so also, my sister hasn't seen almost any of the movies. And oh, so wow. she didn't even know that Vision was dead. Oh. And so yeah. she saw the head out of his, oh, his God, head that, cracked open. That's she a was crazy, like, crazy reveal for someone who hasn't seen the rest of it? Yeah, yeah, right? No, it was actually, she was like, whoa, what the fuck? And yeah. so when when the cracked open head thing happened, I had to finally tell her what, what actually happened, happened to him. And then as soon as... Also, how dare they make us relive that trauma? Yes. No. And we also got a nice up close and personal look at the blip, the actual... Oh, yeah. Seriously. Reverse, like coming back from Ash and everything. Um, I tried to explain that too. And I was like, oh man, we're just going to have to watch that. (laughs) That's a whole thing. But when when she first saw the cracked head, Mm -hmm. uh, later in the episode, she turned to me and she said wait she invented this whole reality because her husband is dead didn't she and i was just like god damn girl (laughs) (laughs) on the nose points to you (laughs) yep Ah, so 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 that's a good example of like the show even for someone who has seen almost none of the marvel movies other than like guardians of the galaxy and iron man and stuff like she pieced together what this story is about 
with just the storytelling from the show and a little bit of context for me. It somehow incredibly works as its own standalone mystery. Yeah, definitely. Like, I I think the blip stuff would have been pretty fucking confusing if you'd never seen anything. Right, yeah. And I did have to explain a little bit about that, but I didn't want to go into too much detail (laughs) because I want that there to be some surprise when she gets to endgame. Yeah, and that that uh, that confirms ex- precisely the timeline of events here. Uh, Monica reappears, and then in the conversation later in their office, uh, like she, four weeks or something, uh, three weeks, I three think weeks. he said. Yeah, that she's been back and coming back to the job. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Oh man, so they so it also it also shows that uh, they really are going to be dealing with a lot of blip trauma in Phase Four. Yeah. And it makes sense when you think about it, of course. Like I mean, uh, people just Rambo... lost five years of their lives with their loved ones. Like well, not only that, and also Yeah. Uh Rambo ahead, like wakes up and all of a sudden her mom's gone, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, she, also, she beat the cancer. Like oh, how no, many like back. regional conflicts happens when, you know, during this period of time? Like how many wars were started? Were there wars? Were there people were people just like, oh, we're we're too depressed to go to war? Also, Maybe, Tony yeah. and I had a very uh, interesting conversation while watching WandaVision. We had to pause it about like, at what point do you, are you like, well, I'm actually this age, but I'm not really this age because I lost yeah. five years. So it's like, it fucks Spider-Man, up. Like, yeah, like, so many are they like 21 or are they 16? Yeah. I, or, or like if people are pregnant, like, and does their baby get blipped? And then if it comes back, like, is it flips back into? Oh my god! What if what if the Hulk snapped a baby back in existence, and this this just unbeknownst this grieving mother five years later is like, like what the, the fuck is happening? <laughs> or or if if it happens after birth, what if it's like a twin situation? A twin comes out, gets blipped. <laughs> And then the twin inside does it, and then the twin, the the unblipped twin is born, is now five years old, and then the baby blipped comes back. Oh my god! It's just it opens up a whole <laughs> can of worms of like crazy age and timeline things. Ugh. Oh, by the way, and also for the record, if either Meg or I get blipped, uh, the other is free to bone whoever they want. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes. It is law. Uh, what if you got? What if you were blipped in a skyscraper that fell down? Oh shit! After the blip, you're you're gonna have a bad day. Jesus. <laughs> 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 or what if you're okay. blipped? In- but that day is gonna be over real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you get blipped back to just fall. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. And see, here's the, the other question. If you get blipped while in a plane, do you come back in the plane or do you come back in the No, I'm guessing you come back the in, the, in the middle of the sky. You, you yeah. come back where you were sitting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. I mean, even like right when it first, uh, when we first saw uh, the end credit scene of of Infinity War where, uh, where Nick Fury and... Uh, and Colby. Maria Hill, Colby Smulders, Maria, Maria Hill, yeah. yeah, Aunt Robin, uh, get blipped away. <laughs> you know, one of the first things that they see, or, or Nick Fury sees, he gets out of the car, and then boom, a uh, you know, a helicopter crashes with nobody in it anymore. Um, damn. 
Anyway. Yeah, I don't think yeah. they're going to be going into detail too much about those kinds of questions. <laughs> probably not. Probably. <laughs> These so are the questions we really need to know, guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what do you guys would, think? It would have been funny to have like an agent. What, did, what did you guys think of, um, like his... of seeing uh, exactly what Wanda did in in episode four? So like, because it was sort of, we, did, we, we didn't, weren't sure what the characters themselves saw. Mm-hmm. when she like rewound time and stuff well um, episode four was just them watching everything up till episode three anyway so we don't have any new ground yet she hasn't gotten to the like 80s yet basically mm-hmm. so where do you think they go from here i think we get one more sitcom and then in the 80s yeah, in the eighties, because we've seen it. We've seen her in yeah, the, the it's, costume. Yeah, it's the Halloween costumes. Yeah, is yeah. that is that the next episode? It, it feels like it probably should it be. Probably should be. And then after that, I think is so that episode. More than anything, it doesn't remind me of a sitcom. You know what it actually reminds me of? Hmm. E.T. Ah, because of the eighties costumes and even yeah. the cinematography in the scenes that we've seen hmm. feels more like. E.T. than it does like an 80s sitcom but if you think about it E.T. also has like a a, like a small tent city erected by like the scientists that are trying to like contain a quarantine zone you know yeah interesting very cool I imagine what we'll see from here like Todd like you were saying uh, uh, Feige said that once the slow burn is over Um, you know, the train starts moving pretty fast. I am assuming that in, in episode five, we're going to see more intrusion into West yeah. Westview. Is that the name of the town? Westview. Westview. Yeah. I think so that's the, why they're, so that's the why they're going with the Halloween theme is because then yeah. she can just explain away all this as Halloween spookiness. Oh, uh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm suspecting, or I hope what we see, cause I think it'll be really cool is there's enough intrusion, the intrusion, increases to the point where Wanda starts to become more unhinged and like you motherfuckers get out. <laughs> I mean, I so, so how, how villainous do you think Wanda's going to get? It's, it's hard to say because I think, <laughs> yeah, she has the, the kids. So it's, it's tough because you want to, you're skirting that line. Of, I wouldn't get too attached to those kids. If you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it's, it's really interesting. And I kind of talked with uh, my friend, Mike about this, about the whole like grief angle and everything, which is really what this is about. You were watching this. I mean, us as people are kind of watching this for entertainment value. At the same time, you're skirting this line in storytelling where you're trying to remain respectful to the material of like, look, this is about someone who is so lost in their grief that they this is how they're coping. And at the same time, treating them as a villain, you know, it's... It... That's... Uh, I thought similarly that it, it seems... Um in bad taste a little bit but i wouldn't say it's necessarily i don't think i don't think she's gonna go slaughtering anybody it's uh, but i mean there's definitely gonna be confrontation obviously because she's gonna be protecting her reality that she's trying to stay in so here's something entirely on how they frame the start or the origin of her essential breakdown in this in this 
this world that she's created yeah. for herself. If they explain it as somebody has triggered something and or somebody manipulated something to her, then okay, she can she's not necessarily villainous in this. If it's all just her breaking down and finally snapping, pardon the term, uh, then she is <laughs> then 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 they put too much on her as the villain, I think. Right. So it also depends on how the show ends because I'm guessing, and this is, this is a little complicated by the timeline because Falcon and Warner soldier was supposed to come out before. Mm. Um, but I'm guessing that the show ends with a pretty big change to the MCU, <laughs> at least temporarily. Well, um, well, it, it, I, we have heard that this directly ties into Doctor Strange and yeah, exactly. Madness, that's, right? Yeah, that's why I'm saying that. Yeah, but I how mean, big are they going to go? Like the biggest, the biggest thing that they could do is have her do an a sort of psychic explosion type thing and bam mutants suddenly exist and here we have the x-men i mean i i don't expect that they would do something like that because i think that's a little too on the nose and from what we've heard the x-men are still way 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 in the future mm-hmm. um i'm guessing it'll be something more on the along the lines that she dissolves the membranes between realities if you know what i mean because yeah, no maybe allowing she's them to return multiple universes you know mm-hmm. multiple parallel universes like because i mean the next doctor strange movie is literally called mm-hmm. multiverse, multiverse of madness, of madness. And maybe we know, know that spider-man and we know that spider-man is dealing with multiverse issues because... exactly so like if she then creates a universe, if she, if, if, if somehow how vision is still alive is that is an alternate version of vision. Well, we know that this vision is just a construct of her mind. We do. This, we this, know that though. I'm pretty sure this. Vision I don't think is a I, I would not put money on that. I definitely huh? would not put money on that. I think that she may have manifested him, but I don't think he is, uh, I don't think she controls him. Hmm. It's possible, but I, I'm, I'm thinking she vision is a construct of her mind, but we still could see a resurrected vision anyway, because we know that in infinity war, Shuri was like 99% complete out of removing the, the, the stone from his mind. So she may have like a backup or something hmm. of, it- of his, personality already saved so like that could be the resolution to the story i do i well i do think that how vision is still alive will also be part partly how the show ends in terms of the larger ramifications for the universe like i Mm -hmm. think those two things are intricately intertwined yeah all right good stuff yeah. Have we beat this dead horse enough? I think so. Yeah. Um, sword. 
was less interesting than I thought it would be, but sure. It just it's shield it's, two, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's shield two, but not as fun. Yeah, I guess that's all you need to know. Yeah. I guess that's how they kind of rectify uh because you know obviously we got agents of field shield the show which carried on with the shield storyline but in as far as the main movie universe is concerned shield died died yeah Yeah. so now this is you know the resurrection of that in in a different form Uh, which i guess is fine makes sense sure i would say i i highly doubt it's the last time we've ever seen shield in the mcu but Well, there were reports from uh, Hawkeye, the series, that he's wearing like a S.H.I.E.L.D. logo um, gear, tactical gear. Oh, interesting. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. All right, guys. All right. Well, it's a good episode. Yeah. It's a good WandaVision episode and good getting off topic, I will say. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Well, uh, we will join you next time. I guess by the time we record again, we'll have two more episodes under our belt as far as WandaVision goes. So there'll be a yep. lot of shit to talk about. <laughs> and then and I think I've... there's only there's only how many after that? There's only three after that. I think they. I think you guys said nine total. Nine, yeah. So there's three more total. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm going to try my damnedest to get through the rest of Star Trek Discovery. I am now finally. Fully, full steam ahead in season two. I am loving the shit out of it. Um, what, what did you think of season one? I'm curious. Oh, I loved it. Uh, it was great. It's fine. Uh, yeah. I, I remember people saying like, oh, it starts off me and then it picks up. And uh, it did take me a little bit to time to get into it. But once I was in, I was like 100% in. Uh, yeah. Season two, especially, I love that there uh, we've had multiple episodes really digging into Saru. I fucking love Saru. Yeah, he's great. Um, Doug Jones. Doug I Jones. I mean, how can is you incredible. He's him? literally an Oscar winner. Yeah. He, well, yeah. Yeah. And under all that fucking makeup and everything, God, I mean, we can talk more about this later, but his emotional scenes, like I, uh, last night I was sitting here binging Star Trek discovery and it was, you know, one of the big Saru episodes. Um, and an like, Obel for Sharon, like, possibly what's up? An Obel for Sharon, possibly. I, I don't remember the title of the episodes, but well, the sphere minor spoilers. one it's when he thinks he's going to die. Uh, the sphere, the sphere episode. Okay. Yeah. So I'm over yeah. here like inches away from Meg on the couch. She's all love in Stardew Valley. And I'm here. Like my eyes are tearing up so hard. Yeah. That's like <laughs> a noble for Sharon is one of the best episodes of the franchise. Yeah, that was uh, incredible. Period. And so I'm excited for the rest of it. Just speaking of, I've actually met Doug Jones really and he, oh yeah oh yeah i've got to talk with him he is an awesome person he mm. is just the kindest man yeah and i mean he seems it he seems yeah. just amazing he, he, he yeah, goes, we met him at WonderCon like five or six years ago right no we met him at, at monster, monster palooza, palooza. oh yeah. might have been at WonderCon too wandering around but we we specifically saw him at monster palooza saw him twice and then i met him once and got a photo with him yeah he he just bounces around there he's all smiles he's chatting with people left and right whether you're like an industry person or just a fan and meg comes up and he just he takes his long ass fingers and covers your face <laughs> his long ass arms and, and around your head yeah yes. he encapsulates you in a in a warm hug he's just he's a wonderful fucking even man. if you don't like hugs from strangers or people you don't know like you will love this hug from him. Yeah. <laughs> the world needs more Doug Jones hugs. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. 
Thank All you right. for joining. This is Tony. This is Todd. This is Byron. And Meg. Hey. Stay frosty, guys. Bye.